Hello and welcome to the One One. I am BJ Ryan. Episode seventy-two is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Joining me on your West Australian Racing podcast is the one, the only Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, Bernard. How are you? Good, good. You come in hot today. Come in hot. Come in, come in steaming. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of fire in the belly. I, uh, um, I, I, straight onto it. Well, yeah, I did notice that things were um, a little bit sort of old guru-like on Twitter last night. Oh. There was a bit of um, rustling of feathers. Just what's what's going on, honestly? What, what's going on? Um, I wasn't, uh, and I can honestly tell you, did not have a cent. So that this is we're going to go straight, oh, yeah, straight so, into the hot yeah, topic. Just, just get straight into it. Straight into the furnace. Uh, there was a protest in race one at Ascot yesterday. Mm. Uh, second against first, second being Billy Ray, first being just a pinch, just a pinch, Peter Nucky, Billy Ray, William Pike, alleged interference at the 150 metre mark, I mm-hmm. believe was the technical um, terminology. I'll let Terry lay it out because uh, he, he's had a bit to say on the matter. Go for it, Guru. Oh, I... Uh... Oh, I didn't have a bet in the race. Um, I was looking to back Martins actually. If it got out to a certain price, three fifty, three sixty, it didn't. So I, uh, I don't even have a um, I literally have a horse in the race. BJ, um, a dog in the fight. I don't have a dog in the fight. That's what I should. That's what I was going for. Isn't <laughs> Started well here. Um, no, I look. I, I'm very surprised that the protest was dismissed. Uh, I think the head-on clearly shows um, just a pinch shifting out three, four, five horse lengths. Pikey's laid in a length, but no horse goes dead straight. And if Pikey's retains, um, if Billy Ray retains his line. Uh, Nucky still runs right across in front of him. So I think the big, the two questions you need to ask were one, would he have won? And we both agree on that, BJ. That we would have won if he, if there's normal interference. They both keep going. I reckon he wins by length. No, no interference. Uh, Billy Ray wins yeah. comfortably too. Yeah, yeah, wins by a length. At least a half length. The yep, second sure. question was, was the other rider at fault for not ensuring his mount didn't veer out? Um, and the answer is yes. Now I can see that there's probably a little bit of, uh, I can understand people are saying Billy Ray laid in, but the amount he laid in was so insignificant comparative to what Just a Pinch did coming out. And it was the major contributor um, to that incident. So for mine, from now on, it is bumper cars out there, I reckon. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Genuinely. And then you're listening to the steward, Chrissy Brown, talk about that after the race. First of all, he didn't need to spend a minute and a half detailing it with Mr. Pikes, and I hated that. That was just a load of wank um, listening to that, to be honest with you. But then he, but he that's basically the way, says, "That's the way they speak, though." Oh, you don't yeah. have to. You don't. He's not a robot. Yeah, he's got a. He's, he's a human being. He, he just talked to Julia like he's a human being, and we're not idiots. Um, but uh, the big issue for that was he basically said because he started laying out before he got there, it's okay. So you're allowed to lay out violently as long as it's before the horse gets there. And it was a few strides. But if Pikey saw him laying out, Pikey would have gone out, gone in. Pikey could have adjusted. There wasn't time. It was an incorrect explanation. And, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just absolute, absolute, absolute madness that was dismissed. That's That gives me no faith to have a confident bet in, um, in Western Australia at the moment that you're going to get um, – the right decisions made. I yeah, I, I will argue that till I'm black and blue in the face, BJ. What's your opinion? And just first of all, your opinion in one word. This could determine whether we continue on today's podcast <laughs> or not. Upheld or dismissed? 
Just one word. Not. I don't want to hear another. If word. I was a steward, if I was if I was steward in the room, I would have voted for upheld. Okay. However, done. Move on. Now listen, listen. However, the, oh, get the, off the fence. No, no, I'm not getting off the fence. I'm just saying, in the stewards' room, they have to have a majority vote to determine whether it's uh, upheld or dismissed. Yep. So, did he but, say in the interview, because I couldn't understand that, did he say it was unanimous or wasn't? It was sort of muffled when he said that word. No, I think the question was, does it have to be unanimous? Yeah, but then he said it was or wasn't, and I couldn't actually understand that okay, one. I listened to it a few times. Yeah, okay. I think it was good that he got on. but um, Yeah, it was good that he got on. Yeah. So what he should have done, he's got up there and said, we've made a blue. We've, we've cooked this. Um, one horse was going to win the race. Justice for all. <laughs> oh, you can have your payouts. As I said, I did, I did not have a I sentence. Did. I know the man I've carried on. It looks like I've, uh, I've gone... Guts in on um, on Billy Ray. They, they, but, um, they have to be they have to be certain that um, the interference was enough to change the result. The uh, out, they, there is no doubt the, in the world. The, out, the, the out they have is Billy Ray rolling in one horse, one and a half horse. Oh. That because Billy Ray is not blameless. It was a, just a pinch. Was a violent rollout. It was a violent but, rollout. But, and if Billy Ray stays on its line, it still goes in front of it. B- Billy Billy Ray is not blameless. Black was lucky to stay on. And therefore, that's enough grey area for them to dismiss it. In, you know. mm, yeah, uh, they're, they're big on their grey areas. What about what about their lucky grey areas? <laughs> what about the, what about those, BJ? Hashtag stewards. Me. Look, yeah, come I, on. No, I, they've, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's time for them to grow up. I think. Yeah, if I was in the room, I would have voted for upheld. Like the horse, Lily Ray had all the momentum. Momentum wins by a half length minimum. Uh, however, they have some technical boxes that need to be ticked in order for them to make it such a such a significant decision. So I can case. understand wh- how they came to their decision. That's for sure. Well, Peter Nucky's riding one of mine again. I'm not blaming Peter Nucky for this at all. It's not his decision whether it's upheld or dismissed. But he's riding um, be optimistic. Who we might go forward in the, the size. I'm just going to tell him to keep a look behind him and see where he can block him the whole way down the straight. Maybe start. Have you ever seen that game? Remember the game Road Rush? <laughs> where are they going? Them on the motorcycle, <laughs> on the motorbikes, and you used to be able to hit. You used to be able to hit the other. Are yeah, you used to be able to kick him. Yeah, 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 you do remember yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I might, uh, yeah, see if uh, Luke um, Luke's happy instructing Nux to uh, go a bit of road rash down the straight. That might be our only chance of winning it, in all fairness. But, but um, well, we should, come on. CJP just needed to be a bit more aggressive pushing out on Dig Deep the other day and he would have would have won the, uh, the, the old comrade. Probably could have taken some knuckle dusters out there and got away <laughs> with it the way it's going at the moment. Jeez. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like the, the technical element overshadowed the – the eye test, just, which was that Billy Ray was probably probably going to win uh, comfortably, uh, minimum half length for mine. But yeah, it it created some some chatter on the social media. The stewards, to his credit, Chris Brown fronted Julio. Uh, they had a good, poor interview. They had a good discussion afterwards, uh, and yeah, it's given us plenty to talk about on the show today. Mm. And um, and it was just it was good to see the guru back active on Twitter. You've been a bit sort of. Hit and run lately, haven't you? More like impact tweeting. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but yesterday you were like you were on point, so it's good. Yeah, I like to stay welcome, off the. Welcome uh, back. Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. It was. Uh, it felt nice getting involved because um, I didn't have a bet in the race, so I felt like I needed to put me two cents in somewhere. So. But also, you managed to uh, get a photo of uh, oh. William Pike wearing a one-one mm. hat. That, that was very well done, Guru. Did popped out uh, to see. our oh, first of all, I should apologise to Daniel Pierce. I had a couple out to me, and he says one of those for me. And uh, unfortunately, How, I was what saving him. You see, he's one of those for me. <laughs> I've been waiting for my uh, for my one one hat, Terry. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I couldn't give Dan his uh, his hat because I was saving him for uh, after material witness one. I was going to lob one on Pikey's gone and one on mine. A bit of a 
promo, but uh, unfortunately um, didn't get the job done. Material witness, almost, uh, huge run though. Almost. So happy with that. Like we we were up against three horses who have got top line Saturday form. You're talking one length resort man, Forest War. You're talking two lengths clairvoyance time scale. You're talking two lengths kiss and all four cheeks when deep empire rain. So it was a Saturday class, class one um, and Saturday grade, basically class one, I should say. And uh, it was funny after the race, you watch that and you think Pikey gave that a 10 probably. Pikey was hard on himself that he cost at the race by not forcing car, not forcing the horse uh, that went forwards uh, to work harder to get to the breeze. Is that so, right? Yep, blamed himself for the for the time loss. scale, the winner. Time scale, yeah, blamed, breeze, blamed yeah. himself um, for that um, for the loss. So, which I think is pretty harsh, um, but did manage to lob that on his head and got a nice little photo. That was didn't a beauty. So that was a cracker, wasn't yeah. it? Pikey's got the that. So that was one take, was it? That that was, that's all I took. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, I gave the other hat to Julia on the end as well. So, how, how good, Mr. Santorelli's how good got a snap. at the uh, at the photo ops. Oh, he just loves it. No, he's a he? real professional yeah, now. Isn't he, he loves. It. Had to yell over the fence because I was I was in the shorts and uh, collared shirt. Just, wouldn't uh, let you in. No, I didn't even try. Yeah. No, I didn't drop the you know who I am line. But um, <laughs> I saw you, you would have done that. Um, no, <laughs> my just, dad would have done that. Just stood outside <laughs> and yelled at Scott and Brittany for a while, and um, yeah, then toddled off uh, with me tail between me legs. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, it was uh, very happy material witness. Hopefully, we can get his head right, and he'll win some Saturday races. I think absolutely. So, Pikey shouldn't have too much to complain about. He's off to Melbourne mm. this week for uh, he's been um, he's been booked for uh, the I think it's a Caulfield meeting on Saturday. And uh, but last Saturday, he uh, there was a few anxious moments early, uh, but he managed to. Um, Get Claire, uh, sorry, get Western Empire over the line to record his tenth victory in the West Australian Derby. Another victory for Grant Alan Williams, and another victory for Peter's Investments. And Western Empire basically swept through the three-year-old Autumn Series and uh, just did what he had to do. Yeah, he's sort of interesting early. I, I didn't see the race until a few hours after because uh, we're at Luke's wedding, as you mentioned last week. Luke so Finney. Luke Finney, yes, Not and Mad- Madalena Not- Finney. No, no. Finney. A few of my mates Fernie. thought Luke, Luke Fernie was getting married. No, so I think he's Luke already married. Fernie. Okay. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's already married, I think. Um, yeah, my sister tried to set me up with his wife before she realised he was married. So <laughs> it's an awkward one. G'day, Luke. How are you? Um, <laughs> where are we going here? Jeez, I shouldn't have had that second coffee. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, good day out at Luke's wedding. Watched the race a bit later and, uh, yeah, just, just Carberry let him in there on Reliable Star a little bit. Did he bit. let him in or did Different, he? might have pushed him. I think Pikey was desperate to get in. Pikey was like, there's no way I'm sitting three deep, no so cover. Different silks and uh, Carberry might have said, no, go and stuff yourself. I reckon. I'm not blaming Carberry at all there. I, I don't even think he had a choice in the matter. Yeah, no, Pikey you're right. just went bang. But it was yeah. an interesting watch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I spoke to, when we were out there yesterday, Danny Morton and we were talking about how Chrissy Parnham could not have ridden a better race on Temptation. The two options were to probably go forward and try and get a head start on Western Empire or park on his uh, back. And um, we know that Temptation's got a, an explosive little sprint. Ran a, ran a quicker last two. Yeah, just, uh, good, yeah. just beaten by a better horse on the day. But um, no, very, uh, very um, impressive win, Western Empire. You've got to say it's a good aggressive ride as well and bigger and better to come. Yeah, I think he's only going to get better into his four-year-old uh, campaign, that's for sure. And they've done it again. The uh, the Cerise and White, they're just too good when it comes to these autumn features. Now, just as I said, Pikey is uh, the wizard, Sir William, 1-1 one, one zone. He is in action at Caulfield this Saturday. Terry, eight rides. Eight rides from nine races. He's a very busy man. And, uh, geez, they love him over there now, don't they? He's just made such a... 
Such an impact. Of course, he's uh, partnering up with Labor Rod in a $250,000 Vobus Gold Sprint. You're checking on Mask Crusader and the TJ, and it probably wins that, to be honest. Oof, what a, did you hear the cook that uh, yeah, Wayne Hawks gave yeah. Karen McAvoy? <laughs> Jeez, the cooks Jeez. are. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day about Oof. how um, you can. There's TV shows. You got all the bloody AFL Fox Footy is just nonstop. Um, just baking coaches, yeah, people and players, are just getting cooked and just cook, cook, cook. Yeah. You cook a jockey or a trainer, and um, it's like you've just. Yeah, I don't know. You've offended the entire world. So <laughs> the professional sportsmen, who I think they've got to got to cop the good with the bad. We give them a lot of good. But um, yeah, I, I think the cook is um, it's somewhat somewhat there, probably a little bit stiff. But, yeah. Um, one thing I do agree with though, just watching that, and we won't stay on that for too long, is it would have beaten Adrian Strip. I reckon mm. if he settled close to gets going early. I reckon we need to start huge. the campaign. It's probably already well underway. But uh, William Pike, Mask Crusader, Everest, Everest twenty twenty one. Book oh, him man. now. Book him early. Get in quick. The wizard is in high demand. Team Hawks, don't mess around. Don't mess around. Just go straight to the source. W mm. Pike in the uh, in the Everest. I reckon. Hashtag new profile pic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually, the, um, I did hear a little whisper. This is a good little segue, actually. He'll whisper on Santa's snippets on Tab Radio during the week that Clairvoyance, who bounced back to her very best form with absolute sizzling 1,200-meter win at Ascot last Saturday, could be headed to Sydney for a Golden Eagle campaign. Yeah, so, why not? It's that three- and four-year-old girl, isn't it? No, four-year-olds only. Oh, it's four-year-olds yeah. only. Four-year-olds okay. only, yep. yeah. Oh. 1,500 metres, I think it's Why a five, yeah. five million dollar race. Yeah. yeah. Seven and a half, wasn't it? A couple of years ago? It yeah. Was seven and a half. Is it? Or yeah. I, might, I, might, I might have the prize money wrong, but... Um, it's enough. It's enough. Yeah. So she's going to be... Yeah, you can Travis Murray feels about that. Oh, He'd be booked. So what's be, that? Hang on, what's he got? Five, ten. Yeah. Jeez, that's not a bad little stint if you can jag that one, is it? He'd be good for a snip. Travis he would Murray, be, wouldn't yeah. he? So Jeez, he did that going for. Oh, jeez, I'm just doing some maths in my head. Good luck, Travis. Yeah. Uh, so they are looking at they're gonna go uh, sorry, they impressive racing, Darren McCullough for looking at the Sheila Gwynn stakes, fourteen hundred metres, Phillies and Mares next Saturday. And then I believe Perhaps Roma Cup, Belmont Sprint, Hyperion, but definitely Belmont Sprint, Hyperion. Oh, it's going to run into a pretty sharp one there. Oof, look out. Yeah. Uh, so the 1400 and the 1600 will determine her spring, summer prep, yeah. uh, ambitions. Jerry yeah. is definitely out still. Yeah. Beat, beat Ladies of London who got in front of uh, her at the straightening. That, it worries me that she was under sufferance and had to kick back. You know what I mean? Like she didn't, Ladies of London had the, the fluency to get past her. It was still a great win, don't get me wrong, but we're going to have to... We're going to have the to time. watch this space. The time doesn't, time the time there. can't lie, but Ladies of London's just run a PB by a thousand links, I could imagine. So, mm. Ladies of London might be a progressive horse, too. Yeah. Um, so, it'll be interesting. I, I, the jury is still out for me. Uh, as I said, BJ, I was at the wedding, so I didn't see the late price. What did you trade at on the exchange? Ladies of London? No, Clairvoyance. Uh, I think I think it maybe touched a dollar eighty at one stage, yeah, but definitely okay. then it came back. I think it was BSP dollar sixty seven or something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think yeah, yeah, it was around that. What did what did um, position of power trade in the last year? Right? No, I'm not sure. I saw that the end fixed price was about twenty bucks, which means it probably traded twenty five, twenty six. Yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Now, good run, position of position power. Of, yeah, yeah, it was a good run. So just wrapping up last Saturday at Ascot, uh, we have to give. We've been mentioning their um, their drought. Uh, in on recent episodes, but mm. hats off to Ganjimi Racing, the Ganjimi brothers. They uh, bounced back in a big way last Saturday with a winning double. Notorious one and creator. Congratulations, team! Great to see the boys back in the winners' circle. They always provide a lot of atmosphere on race day with their huge groups of owners, and they tip a lot in, and they deserve all the success that comes their way. And 
We have to mention Michael Grantham, former apprentice jockey, now leading uh, trainer, now leading reinsman at the trots. He has himself a very, very smart three-year-old in the mm. form of Captain Chaos. That was just about the win of the day, I thought, last Saturday. you got to um, look at what he's done with Captain Chaos he got from Trevor Roche, uh, even Pro- top trade. Permission? Uh, top trade he got from um, Neville Parnham and permission he got from Peter Fernie. And he's got all three to improve. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes with hip wiggle, which I think didn't yeah. go too well. That was a wet track. So we'll, we'll forgive that one. Yeah. But um, I reckon at the moment, sometimes when a jockey bursts on the scene, and I'm a big fan of Holly Watson. Mm-hmm. I think she's, um, we're going to get a price for her for a while. They're not going to respect her claim, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Grantham is a trainer to be following and backing. Back top trade win only the other day, about mm-hmm. 50, 60 to 1. Unfortunately, run second. With Captain um, Chaos, um, <clears throat> I thought that he would get. Land where he landed, and I thought beautiful because I was on. I ended up backing houses Serenity late, Betfair, and I was just licking my lips, thinking this is this is over. And uh, that horse just just sort of scythed Chrissy Parnham, just majestic ride, just scythed his way. I think he knew how good it was through man. the field. Uh, I mean, he still had to run the fastest last four mm-hmm. and two of the day to win the race. But yeah, it's got some it's got some real talent, Captain Chaos. So congratulations, Michael Grantham. Big uh, form lines through that um, that. Maiden win, Captain Chaos, Oceanic Rider, Star Lift were miles apart. They've all won. Um, then about six lengths further back with Proceeds of Crime, who's won its two of its next three. Correct. Um, so, yeah, big four months through that maiden too. Yeah. So, anyway, a, a horse of the future and a trainer of the future. So, mm. there's lots of positives uh, happening now in West Australian racing, that's for sure. Uh, we did pre-record a lengthy interview with Steve Wolf. What a legend, Terry. I reckon that's on par with the S.A. Uh, Miller interview i thoroughly enjoyed that um we covered some turf we did yeah yeah uh, yeah i don't know people seem not to hold back they come in here and they just just sort of uh i guess it's a independent publication to some degree so uh there's no real uh no holds barred but uh, uh wolfie was cracking i think it's about 30 minutes worth we're going to release it separately aren't we yeah we're, we're going to release the full version separately yep. where terry and i talk at length uh to steve wolf about his racing journey highs lows export man doesn't hold much back either no no he's an open book steve yeah, he's so. very much an open book, and so. uh yeah he's uh he's pretty pretty free in in that regard and um yeah it's a it's a very cracking uh, interview yep. and thoroughly enjoyable. And uh, here is our interview with Steve Wolf, who will be shooting for a third win in the last four years in the size produce stakes with Export Man at Ascot this Saturday. Enjoy. And it's an absolute pleasure to welcome Steve Wolf, one of my favorite people in the racing game, to the 1 1. Uh, welcome aboard, Steve. Uh, thanks, boys. Yeah, it's a pleasure to come on. Big day coming up on Saturday with Export Man, the, uh, the West Australia's best two-year-old. He's aiming to become the first juvenile to clean sweep the Magic Moons Classic, the Caracatta Play and the Sires Produce Stakes. How's confidence levels ahead of the $200,000 Sires this weekend, Steve? Well, you can never be overconfident in these races, BJ, as you know. Uh, look, your horse is equally as good as he's been all the way through. He's one of those rare animals that you come across from time to time. Uh, and truthfully, you wouldn't know whether he's had his first start or his tenth start the way the boy is. He just, he's a, just a complete professional racehorse and it's a pleasure to have something like him. Now, Steve, uh, Terry here. I'm uh, not sure if you're uh, much of a punter yourself, but I know you had a bit of confidence going into the Karakata and you thought you had the best horse in the race. North of $20 late. Tell me you had something on, Steve. 
Yeah, I did, but I can assure you I'm not much of a punter. Otherwise, I've been retired a long time ago. <laughs> uh, few massive attempts at some humorous plunges over a long period of time, but they've never come on. They've come unstuck. But no, look, I had a reasonable man. I did that go. Like five hundred dollars is a big bet for me, and I had a couple hundred each way on him. Uh, my brother had a quite a substantial bet, uh, which was. You know, but he's a, he's probably got less money than me, and uh, punts heavier. But good luck to him. <laughs> uh, he got more ideas, so he was happy, and a lot of them were. But he got the blows. Like some people back him at five dollars, I think earlier. And they were shocked when he got out so much. And at the end of the day, the fix was 90. And I think uh, one of our learned friends very close to us got $26. So I've been waiting for that bit of a check in the mail, but I haven't spotted it yet. <laughs> now, he's he, he's always sort of been a horse who, uh, well, every time he goes to the races, he improves export man. But he's sort of almost been penciled in as more of a size produce horse all along and mainly because of his racing pattern and, and by the way that he can sometimes, uh, you know, be a bit slow away. Um, gate one certainly helped, um, ended up helping in the, in the character plate, get on the back of Lewa and Pat's got sass and got the nice run through. Uh, he, to me, he seems like one of the only horses in the size on Saturday that's really going to relish the rise to 1400 meters is going to be a, a better horse was the 14, in your opinion, always going to be a better bet for export, man? Well, you would think so, BJ and Terry and, and listeners, but the one thing we all never know is that, like, a lot of times you see these horses that flood from the back and you think, oh, gee, once this gets over 1,600 or 2,000 metres, but that's not always the case. But, look, this horse, as I said, I've had some very handy horses in my time, but I've never had a horse like this one that, He's just come through. He's never shown signs of skin soreness. He's never shown signs of tiredness. And he's just come through every run just so comfortably. It's just quite unusual for a two-year-old to be so laid back and have be able to tick all the boxes. He's still got another day to go, but he went down the beach this morning and had a good, strong canter and, <coughs> excuse me, and came back as though nothing had happened. You'd reckon he was getting ready for his first run, you know? It's just quite amazing how, what sort of an animal he is. Now, Steve, I heard uh, post-race, I found it a very interesting uh, interview with yourself. Obviously, uh, very flattening for Sean McGruddy uh, and I'm sure the whole camp for, um, for Sean to uh, cop an injury so close to the, uh, the big dance. But um, you mentioned uh, you're, a very, uh, you're a grumpy man, which we all know, uh, but you're also a very loyal man. And you said you probably would have thrown the ride to um, your stable ex-apprentice now, Natasha Faithful. Uh, but she had a book of rides at Dongra. Is that is that? Uh, are you telling Porky Pies, or was Tash going to get the ride? Uh, now I, I was telling the truth, but it might have been, might have been in all due respect to everybody. Uh, I don't think it would have mattered if I got Damien Oliver or Glenn Boss or who. No one could have rode the horse better than Jags uh, did on the day. And uh, when we were sort of grasping at straws a bit, I thought, well, you know, she's always has been there for me when I needed her, and. Well, 90% of the time, the ride in the trial will do that. And, well, I thought it would have been great to reward her with a big big race opportunity, you know, but that didn't happen. And perhaps it was a blessing in disguise in, in all sincerity, but she was offered the – well, I did ring her up and offer her the ride. Oh, it's a, an extremely nice gesture. I think she um, – don't quote me this. I think she took out the – She won the cup. The Donger Cup anyway. Yeah. So a little bit of a, a bit of a consolation prize. Uh, might not be a caricato, but look, it's, it's a cup nonetheless. Yeah, well, uh, you know, she does a lot of riding for Simon 
Miller now because he, he prefers Albany, but they don't like the life in Albany. Everything's a bit slow for the kids down here. <laughs> uh, and it's a bit sad, really, because it's the best place in, the, in Western Australia to train horses this time of the year. There's no two ways about that. Like it hasn't stopped raining here. It's been drizzling and then it pines up and, and it's drizzling quite heavy again now, you know. So uh, we're going to be on a, a boggy track today. But it's just a pity we couldn't get a, a few more staff involved in the industry. And I think that uh, article that McKent wrote during the week was excellent and needs to be uh, adhered to by some of our powers ahead of us, you know. What's uh, what is actually happening down in Albany at the moment? Because um, whenever uh, Roy or yourself bring a, a team to town, they seem to be extremely dominant. You've probably uh, taken over from Mister Peter Fernie as the the best travelling country. Not that you travel; you've obviously got the uh, Ascot base as well, um, sort of. Um, what's uh, what's what's happening down south? Why uh, why are so many uh, horses that are settling in that region uh, having so much success in the city uh, in the last few months? Something uh, in the water? Well, uh, no, mate, I think like I've been doing it for over 30 years and before my time, Jerry Van Eyck was pretty successful. Donnie Morton was pretty successful. Uh, and then we had a bit of a, well, we still got a bit of a flat spot till Roy arrived where unfortunately most of our local trainers, whether they like it or not, they're not replacing their horses. And, they, and so there's a dearth of horses and Peter Fernie was firstly, he's just come on in the last, sort of six or seven years, I suppose, travelling to Perth. Uh, but, you know, normally he just had Kalgoorlie horses, but now he's upgraded. And I, I think it's just the quality of the horse that people are buying. You know, like Roy's got some handy horses and, and he's getting a lot of them. You know, if you go back through his stuff, a lot of those horses that he's got are five and six-year-olds from other stables that we don't seem to latch on to too many of them, but uh, that doesn't really matter. We've sort of got a pretty big client base. Uh, and they bring him down here and change the scenery and, that improves them. There's no magic to that. It's just the environment, I'm sure, you know. And, of course, as we all know, Ascot's getting very, very tired as a training complex in this day and age. So there's major problems there. The horses seem to really thrive down down your, your neck of the woods, especially with the, um, I suppose, recovery from run, Steve. So whether it's swimming, beach work, uh, bush work, they've, you've got all the... Uh, all the different avenues to regenerate horses to, to get their mind uh, refreshed and their body refreshed. And um, I think it shows too with a lot of horses, you're able to hold them together for for long preps and, and target races and, and make it there. Um, and, um, and, and I guess you've had to, it's had to be that way in the past when you've had a majority of Albany Mount Barker horses because you've wanted them to race throughout the season and um and you know you've earned a lot of your money there but um in recent years you've, you've pivoted as you mentioned about the better better quality of horses and uh the you know you've you've been very active at the yearling sales and have um selected really well and as a result you've had horses like lord help me run as um champ you know one of the leading two-year-olds one of size produce stakes Red Camman obviously was is, is a star in his own right, and we'll touch on him and what the future holds with him on the East Coast. Um, then obviously last year, Watch Me Dance, she was a champion two-year-old, won a uh, won a size produce as well, and then went on to to bigger and better things as as the um, the star three-year-old of the uh, of the Spring Carnival, and now this year Export Man and and the success that's come with him. So, I mean, I know in the past you've had good two-year-olds like. Uh, um, uh, wolf dreams and of course trichologist and and horses of that ilk but it seems to be now there's been a change in either the 
the horses that you're targeting at the yearling sales or just, just or has it just been luck, do you think, that you've latched onto some some really, really quality thoroughbreds? Uh the luck plays, you know, they say, you know, it's very true and out the luck's worth a ton of good judgment. But we have you know, sort of put a bit more emphasis to what we're buying. We've probably upped the ante and and uh sort of marginally, but you know, uh, I think the thing that has altered a bit in Perth that I see is, as silly as it may seem, probably most of the time there's only eight or ten big players left here now. And, you know, if you can't outbid Neville, we know that. And if Simon or his clients want to get onto one of them dear ones, you can't buy them. But the middle of the road, like, you can generally, like the Harrows and myself, and that, we can still, you know, uh, Bob doesn't buy many horses, so that puts Grant and uh, Adam buys a few, obviously, but there's not the nucleus of big trainers buying horses that there was 30 years ago or 20 years ago. So you can, once they all thrilled the book, uh, because he's got some blokes there with a lot of money and they, if they want one, they buy it. Good luck to them, you know, but, uh, I mean, and that's what happened last year with Export Man. I bid on probably five or six playing gods before he arrived and uh, Neville had bought the bloody lot of them, so if I'd have got two of those others, I, I may not have got him, you know. And uh, and probably one of the lucky things that did happen is we were losing better on Red Can Man's half sister. I think from memory we went to two hundred and thirty thousand. It brought two forty. But but John or Born Baker, whatever his name is, he's got that. I don't think it's race yet. Child, I think and once I had a jump out, but we were probably lucky that we didn't get that and we got this bloke, but. But as I said, if I'd have bought two playing gods earlier, I probably wouldn't have bought this little horse, you know, because I bought the next two that are there. I bought this one and the one behind him. It was called Straight and Narrow uh, because Neville was full. And so the opportunity is there. They're probably a bit easier to buy a reasonable horse. And if you're paying thirty to 50000 for one or sixty, the way to stake money is in WA across the board is this good. It's just that the bottom end is not good enough and uh, the top end is not wide enough, you know, like, as I've said before, and everyone knows, you've only got a few weeks when you got to target them good races. And if you miss them, because the horse has got a virus or a stone bruise or something, uh, you're out of business. And that's the only problem we've got really in WA with our racing. So, Steve, the, you're, you know, I won't give you age away completely, but you're into into your 70s. You've had a career best. Hey, BJ was telling me before, you're not, you're not far away from getting a card from the Queen. <laughs> not that not that, that far, but you're into your 70s. You've won, a, um, you've won two of the races that you've really wanted to win this season. You've won a champion for at least the WA Guineas, which is a race we've uh, targeted significantly recent, in recent years. Got that. You won the Karakata, which had been, uh, you've been placed in two or three times in the past. What is how can you wrap your head around the fact that you've you've never trained better this this deep into your I guess your your career, but also um, I think some of the, one thing that people don't necessarily know about you is that you took up training at a very late age and you're pretty much self-taught as well. Can you just give the listeners a bit of a bit of a background into how you became a trainer after being a, uh, like a shearer, um, a very successful shearer for so long, and and how like. You know, this is you're not an overnight success. This has been quite a quite a um a long time in the making for you. Yeah, it has been. Uh, yeah, well, I never went on a race course until after I was 21, uh, and did a bit of punting after that. And I was heavily involved in the love of football and cricket, not at the top level, but at you know good bush level, and enjoyed that so much. And 
then you know we we followed a few horses and my, then my first wife uh she was uh, her father was a trainer and I'd sort of got into the into the fray of it probably at the age of 25 or something mate myself bought a horse off of Mick Shea uh who was one of the best trainers going around an old horse called Endless Magic and uh we didn't have much idea either of us so as usual I was the spokes spokesperson supposedly the brains and he had the trainer's license uh, but uh we didn't have much luck with that caper and Finished up giving the horse to old Bomber Hanson, a great old mate of mine who I've run into through racing down here. And then uh, Bomber ran a couple of places with him. And then uh, I probably should have been driven out of the game because I went to Kalani. Things were getting pretty tight at Franklin where Dad had a farm. I went to Kalani in quarter and went share farming. And I, and I can't exactly, unfortunately, I didn't ever keep no idea. I never kept the diary. But I made a fair bit of money in one season. And I thought, Jesus, how good is this one? I made probably the equivalent of five years' wages. So I set up a bloke called Gary Mann. Uh, God bless his soul, he's no longer with us. With about 11 horses and my mate, Normie Franks, in in uh, Albany. Uh, Sean McGrady, his senior, came down as an apprentice jockey with Gary. Uh, so we had 11 horses, a trainer, apprentice jockey, Colin Guy, parked around, riding a bit of track work, numerous others. But unfortunately, there was only one mug with any money, and that's the bloke talking to you. <laughs> So by the end of that, well, I reckon there was probably about four meetings to go in Albany. Uh, we had won a race. The money that I'd made, which was, was quite substantial, had all gone. Uh, and I thought it was time that Gary went and a few others went and uh, the horses went. So so we dispersed the horses and such here and there. And uh, The best horse, I think, it was a horse by Royal Coral. I can't think of his name. Sean's dad finished up with that. Uh, and leased it and some one of the blokes in Bunbury trained that. I headed for the high country and went to Finger Up uh, for the races with my first wife and uh, well, went there borrowing her there more than anything and with her dad and we took a couple of horses and then I never left. I started working for one of our great old friends who just passed on, Dixie Solly in the shearing shed rouse about and driving a tractor and consequently I was there for probably 25 or 30 years <clears throat> and then my after a couple of years of talking to the boys, I was playing footy and cricket with, we decided to buy another horse, which we, we had a couple of slow ones. And then a bloke called Johnny Trengrove was over here, and he was a very good trainer too from Adelaide. Uh, and he went to the Adelaide sales and bought me a little horse, or me and my mate's a little horse called Belle Bain. Your dad actually won on her, uh, Burn, and uh, she was a high-class filly. And from there, we got a bit bigger and a bit bigger, and, Finished up with seven or eight pretty handy horses. Then I started buying them from the east. And uh, then Julie, my wife, who had the trainer's license then, and, you know, when it got a bit big, she said, this is getting too hard for me. You better get your license. So uh, so I applied for my own license. And I'd virtually only worked with those blokes that I've talked about, a bit to do with Eric Hansen, my mate, Normie Franks, Kevin Smith, my ex-father-in-law. And uh, I was very good friends with a bloke called Phil Colombrera, who was a very good jockey, and he, he went missing, unfortunately, and he was working with some good trainers. Uh, poked around with him a bit, and uh, he taught me a little bit, but basically it's like anything. It's common sense, and you know, if you want to be a good footballer, you've got to work hard, and it's capable the same, you know. And uh, we marched on through a few hard times. Went to, when I was put up with Julie, unfortunately, I said, well, now that was why I'd, I didn't take up training as early as I could have. Uh, because I thought, well, I'd never want to go back here. And once I hang up the chair and, and piece, I'll, that'll be it. So I 
basically when she left, which probably was my fault that she left, uh, I went to Kalgoorlie and said, well, now I'm a full-time horse trainer. And from there on, that was 30-plus years ago, probably 35 years ago, I've uh, boxed on and had some good times and some bad times, and I hope all the bad times are behind me. But but horse horse training in itself, is it? Is there a mystery to it or is it just trial and error and just continually just waking up and, and, and just learning learning on the job? Like if you don't do an, an apprenticeship, it, it's, it just seems – like I don't think I could just walk in and pick pick things up, you, you know. Like, what's the what's the what's the trick to it, Steve? Like, how how have you well, um, how have you been Steve, able just to keep just keep improving, improving, improving? Well, with I, age? Think I was a pretty reasonable sportsman, and uh, you know, and, and the, the system is basically the same. You know, it's a matter how hard you want to work, how quick you want to do everything. Uh, and you know, as I said, whilst I wasn't a superstar, I was probably you know, better than average country cricketer and an average country footballer, and you know, that if you didn't work that hard, you didn't work that successful. And training horses is the same. You know, you feed them right, you work them right, work them all the time, look after them. You can brush them and polish them as much as you like, but the feeding the work's the biggest trick. Uh, and probably it's another thing that, you know, you see so many people, and I've seen it for a long time with someone, they'll take a horse to the races and it's marginally underdone, so the jock will get off and say, this is underdone. So they'll go home and give it two hard gallops and the next week they go to the races and it's worse off than it was because they haven't got the ability to say, well, that run will bring that horse forward two or three lengths uh, on its own, you know. And we, we've been fortunate here because the training facilities are pretty reasonable and, you know, and we just sort of roll them through and, and let the horses do the talking and let them, you know, they get fitter on their runs and, you know, and the, you know, the old system used to be never back one of mine till after Christmas, but <laughs> after 40 years, I'm still trying to have a bet in November and December. <laughs> so, uh, but no, look, there's, there's no secret to it. You know, I would have loved to have worked with Bart Cummings or Colin Hayes or one of those fellas, you know, some wonderful trains that, you know, there's so many of them that were, we haven't got any, you know, there's a few of them left, but. People that had the ability that were proper horsemen, and I don't consider myself a proper horseman because I've never ridden a horse really. Uh, and firstly, it's just you know, the hand-eye coordination. And and if you could have worked with someone like Bart or Tommy or or Colin Hayes or you know Chris Waller's a genius, you know, uh, you no know doubt you could have picked up a few more tricks. You know, but the the things that are missing in the game now are. Them old fellas that were every stable had an old knockabout, whether he was a drunk or whatever, that would feed them and do the legs and you know and do the little things that don't happen anymore in most stables, unfortunately. Uh, and that's uh, so. There's no real magic to it, I'm sure. So you've been leading the charge in the Great Southern Albany and Mount Barker for the best part of three decades now. You've uh, you've come to you've you know you managed to come to town win some really big races. I'm sure there's races like the railway stakes that are still on the agenda that you'd really like to to tackle. But um, I know there's an itch to scratch when it comes to traveling horses to the East Coast. What, there was a story in the West uh, not that long ago about a potential uh, Brisbane campaign. What, uh, what, what are your thoughts on traveling horses East and um, is that something that is on the radar for 2021? Uh, it's still well up there, BJ, but, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, Red Can Man marching on now. We were sort of waiting for the COVID to clear. Look, I, as you know, I did send Mr. Utopia over to Melbourne to Robert Smoon, but, I, you know, and I had him ready to win when he went there. Uh, 
And I probably should have gone then because he was a, a really good horse. And, uh, you know, I'd like to win. You'd, everyone would probably like to win a race in Melbourne, whether you're a jockey or, or a trainer, you know. Uh, I've always said for 40 years, you know, when I used to go to Melbourne every year, if I had one ambition, it would be to take a horse to Melbourne over the carnival. Probably not quite so the same now, but 30 years ago, you, if you took a horse to the carnival, you know, over that four days, you could ring up all your mates if you fancied and say, come here, bring as much money as you've got and you can get what you like on because there must have been 200 bookmakers on course and, like, and they wouldn't know where you were coming from. It would have been a great lot of fun. You'd have a track on them uh, back in those days. But now there's probably nowhere near, obviously nowhere near that amount of bookies there. But So if it happens, it happens. But, you know, I've had a, you know, had a charmed life out of the industry and, you know, there's been a lot of downs, but there is in all walks of life. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, why are they picking on me? But, when you talk to most people, they've had a lot of ups and downs in their lives, you know. Uh, so if we don't get over there and do the job ourselves, the horses will. And uh, and probably if I could win a railway, it would be great, and probably a Kalgoorlie Cup. And uh, who knows, Kalgoorlie Cup might come up this year and the railway might come up this year as well. You mentioned Sean McGruddy Senior uh, from your early days in, uh, in learning the training caper. You always get... Quite emotional post race when you win a big race. If, if you know if Sean's involved, and, and of course, um, yeah, everyone, as Terry said in, earlier in the in the chat, that everyone was uh, was shattered for Sean that he missed the uh, Caracatta Plate winning mount on on Export Man. What's the relationship like with with Sean McGrady and um, and that loyalty factor which Terry Terry mentioned too? Like Sean and yourself have been a team for quite a number of years now and quite a successful one. So. How special is that to have that? And um, what was it like when when you weren't able to share that Caracatta Plate victory with you, with with Sean? Yeah, well, that's disappointing because it's, we've been close without winning. Uh, I mean, thank heavens he's won a couple. I mean, and uh, you know, you see this time last year the loyalty that was there when I had to take Boy Hill off that horse. I didn't have to, much to the disgust of the girls that were in uh, uh, Western Dance. But you know, I think if you've got a number one rider and he's uh, as loyal as he can be to you, uh, you've got to be loyal back. And I think in life you've got to be loyal to people because uh, it's a very fickle world now. and It's easy to criticise people when they do something wrong. But, you know, I used to say to my boys, do 10 good things and no one will take anything. And he knows, do one bad thing in the bloody world. We want to tell everybody about it. Uh, and you know, Sean's been there for a long time and hopes he'll be there for a little while longer. Uh Who's going to replace him? Who knows? Because Nucky's actually older than Sean. He's actually our number two rider. Uh, young Brody Kirby's had an injury, and I don't know whether he's got the uh, absolute fortitude to handle the job of, of uh, riding for a big stable and keeping the pressure up all the time. You know, he's a very good rider, and he's been off the scene for nearly a year. And sad with it because you know he could have easily fit it into the into the fray of our setup, but there's not a lot of them around presently. Yeah. Now. Steve, also, Export Man you, uh, is uh, is owned by a crew of Albany, I guess, personalities, including your brother Brett Weevil, and um, who yeah. who uh, helps out, who plays a major part in SJ Wolf Racing. Um, so, I think people are fascinated by or very intrigued by the connection with, uh, of course, Export Man, but also th- these guys are the. The guys behind Red Can Man as well, like um, pretty incredible stuff that uh, that the, these um, knockabouts from Albany are able to to find two absolute stars um, in, the, in the in recent years, and 
And uh, I guess what a what a fun time it must be in Albany to to have the success with these these local guys. Yeah, it's been wonderful for them, BJ, for the boys and their, and their wives and families. And uh, it's created uh, it's just like it's like quickly from there. It's like to watch me dance, people. It's created a monster in the racing industry. Whereas all of a sudden, those blokes have <clears throat> bought one horse, hoping to win a couple of races in Albany. Uh, they've won probably eight or nine in town and seven hundred thousand. They've got the next horse who's won a Caracatta and a, and a Magic Millions at 500. Uh, this year they've lined up and bought two. Uh, a couple of them have bailed out because of, you know, just, well, we've got enough here and there. And But, you know, it just creates more and more. And uh, and they've had a wonderful ride. And I don't think that, you know, any one of them would be disappointed. They're just so ecstatic about the whole game and they can't believe it, you know. A bloke called uh, Laurie uh, Benson who was, <coughs> he... First of all, he had a choice of, Lord help me run, and what about Moses? Uh, and he elected to buy, what about Moses? And of course, Lord help me run, earned 600000 and Moses has just come good as a five-year-old. So, But Laurie has now got into these two, so he, he's luck to change as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an easy game for uh, for those uh, for those lads. Very envious of anyone that can get into a, a horse to uh, to go down those paths. Before we let you go, Steve, something that's uh, been playing on our mind since you said it is you said you were a handy cricketer back in the day. What was your discipline? Were you a batsman, a bowler? Did you keep wicket? Where where would I have found you in the eleven? It found me uh, attempting to bowl fast, which was good medium pace, I suppose. Never found me very far outside of first slip. Uh, <laughs> young or old, uh, preferred the field there. Had a very good eye, uh, not very correct, but could make a lot of runs. I could open or I would normally open or back the first four or five, but uh, I had no fear of fast bowlers and uh, less fear of spinners, and that was the only my downfall because <laughs> uh, I'd want to put them out the park every time I'd seen one come off. After time I get out, but no, look, I made a lot of runs. I only ever made 100, and that was down here at a carnival, and that was a, a wonderful story. Played a couple of losing grand finals, never played a grand final, winning grand final, either football or cricket. But no, I was, uh, yeah, no, I was a handy batter, we're saying, and, a, and better than handy slips field. Never had much of a throwing arm on me. Uh, and yeah, I didn't know, well, I was a left hand bowler, right hand batsman, and so. Uh, went on. That was probably why I was such a rough shearer because I used to shear right-handed, not left-handed. I was a natural left left footer playing football, and uh, uh, so you know that we cricket was as, as probably a bit of a, a cut up on me football. I probably reckon I could have played first grade. I made a lot of runs at country week, and uh, but very not that uh, not that technically correct, but had a very very good eye. And a reasonable amount of confidence. <laughs> I can I can tell that country week as well. From my understanding of it, was really a uh, a battle on the body. There was a um, a few cricket matches around, a few drinking sessions. Was that was that the case back then? Uh, it was worse than that, Terry. Back in the day, in my heyday, we'd have a four day carnival down here over the long weekend in January, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, I think from memory, we've got one day to get to Perth to the car to the country week. And I think we'd play three days over the, the first three days or two days and then two days the other side of, of uh, the weekend. Uh, he was an endurance tester, right? By <laughs> uh, uh, back in those days, we all used to, wherever you played, you'd have a few beers at the pub close handy and swarm back to the old whacker and there'd be probably uh, you know, 150 bush boys there drinking back at the whacker. And you know, that was when we first ran into Peter's Pies 
Yeah, they were like uh, T-bone steak in those days. So, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a wonderful thing, you know. Uh, but, you know, you can't do those things. And the country uh, country week concepts changed. And I think cricket probably is a bit like a lot of sports. has changed for the worst. And, you know, we used to play, when I first started playing around Tamla and Cranbrook, we used to play over two weekends, two days. And uh, uh, so even if you were a Tonker as such, you uh, you know, everyone else got a chance to bat and play, and now they all play one-day cricket. And, and I think that's caused because most of the times as I've been to a couple of funerals and I went to one a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a couple of my old mates, and they said the trouble is you can't get people to play two weekends. They'll play one week and then they don't want to be there the next day, going off fishing or going camping or something. You know, So things have changed a lot in all walks of life, and sometimes for the worse. We've got a lot busier. Uh, and I don't think we quite often slow down enough to smell the roses, you know. But I'm probably a prime example of that. Yeah, you know, I'm a bloody bit because I've got older, and I, I don't need to be doing it really. But uh, I love it, and I just don't know when it's going to stop. But it's just probably stop in a hurry one day. Well, I hope that's not for uh, quite a while, Stephen. BJ just uh, told me about something before we uh, we kicked off, um, which I'm hoping is is not true. Um, he's mentioned that you're a uh, you're part of the Purple Army. Um, I, I can't imagine um, a man of your ill could be a Fremantle Dockers supporter. Can you please, <laughs> can you please just spell that for uh, me, Steve? Almost, Terry. I'm West Australian and I'm an avid sports lover. Uh, I don't like this booing and hooing and this and carrying on. It's disgraceful. <laughs> Whoever you barrack for, I mean, you can say this is dirty or that. You shouldn't be doing that, but one yap's enough. Uh, but no, look, I was always at early doors. I was supported Perth back in the days of Big Merv, Merv McIntosh long, long time ago. The Demons. When Jerovich and Todd came along, uh, I took an immediate liking to them as a young fella. Two better footballers I've never seen. I don't believe there was ever a better footballer in WA than John Todd. Uh, he was something to behold. You know, we talk about all these Indigenous boys at the moment, but Todd had all the ability of those fellas. He could kick with either foot, handball with either hand, and an absolute perfectionist, and unfortunately, he was cut down with a knee injury. So, I followed uh, South through and through, and still do. And as you know, one of my best friends is Noel Carter, who is, uh, uh, was the captain of uh, South for a long time. And, uh, you know, so I suppose that's why I swung onto, onto the onto the Fremantle banner. And uh, actually, JL had a couple of horses with me years ago, but I think we've turned the corner. I think he's cleaned the act up a bit of the boys, and uh, from what we can see outwardly. Uh, and he's a pretty clean-cut young fella, and it's good that you know he's got, looks like he's got a set of guidelines in place that are, are pretty straight and true, you know. So hopefully we can get a bit of success in the near future. It's starting to look alright. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Sorry about that, <laughs> one, but no, no. So Steve, um, you know, in my my opinion, the hardest working man in the in the game, coming up and down the Albany Highway uh, every weekend, sometimes two or three times a week. Huge team of horses, huge uh, operation down there in, in the Great Southern and to, to all the success that's come your way, you've well and truly earned it. And uh, yeah, 2021, um, 
There could be a Calgary Cup. There could be a Railway Stakes. There could be a winner on the East Coast. Not sure about a Dockers Premiership, though. I'm certain there won't be one. But uh, 2021 promises to be another big one for SJ Wolf Racing, perhaps kicking off with Export Man, uh, making it three out of the last four size produce stakes for Steve Wolf Racing Stable. So good luck, Steve. Thanks for all your time regaling us with uh, with with all your stories. It's been great. And uh, Terry and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And you're welcome back on the 1-1 anytime. Thanks, boys. And uh, if you ever run across one of the ministers from Main Rose or the Premier and he wants to jump in the truck and come back with me one day, uh, we may have a bit of a change of strategy on that Albany Highway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgrace. <laughs> so if you can get one of those folks on your podcast, <laughs> have a big fun. All right. Have a good day, lads. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. Loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Good luck today, Steve. Bye-bye. Okay, that was, uh, as we said, an absolute cracking chat with Steve Wolf. Thoroughly enjoyed that one. Just uh, some other news, which we haven't got on our run sheet here, BJ. Some racing news, which I'm sure you'll be uh, really interested to hear. Are, is, you stepping uh, on, are you stepping on Santa's shoes? Yeah, I certainly am. Cult Hero. I just got a message from Scotty Emery before. Cult Hero, Barry's Rabbit, has been sold to become a hurdler over east unfortunately so uh barry's rabbit who's got his own twitter handle he's left the uh the uh the west coast and he's going to become a hurdler over east so uh good luck to uh to baz we've had a couple of wa horses go east and hurdle didn't cats yeah. fun become a hurdler oh, none as high profile as barry's rabbit no of course and i think cougar express yeah. became a hurdler so. again different category though. yeah barry's rabbit, pretty yeah. Harsh is scotty barry. keeping a, a share? i don't think he has no no he hasn't he hasn't kept a share so um no they they sold actually sold him for more than i expected so uh uh, we'll set up a little uh, Monday or Tuesday session when he debuts at Warrnambool or something <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and hop into a couple of tins to celebrate Barry's rabbit over the jumps. Gee, they had some fun with that, Austin. They, they did. Good stuff. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview WA size Produce Stakes Day. Terry Layton, BJ Ryan, and we are recording the 1-1, the West Australian Racing Podcast. It's uh, just before 12 noon on Thursday, the 15th of April. We have, from a racing calendar point of view, Albany, the Great Southern, up and running this afternoon, size produce stakes, as well as Kalgoorlie on Saturday, Terry. Looking forward mm. to that one, no doubt? Uh, we'll, we, we need to wait until we get all the um, the main jocks down there to get really stuck into one. But okay. um, was there someone? There was a bit of a request. A uh, friend of the podcast, one of our original fans, Benny Black. Benny, I met Benny out at Kalgoorlie. He did at the lane. round. Yeah, Benny Black lane. was uh, was um, looking for some Cal mail, and I, but he just might have to cool his jets yeah, because I, it's yeah. hard work. I tipped one last year. Um, I didn't win. Try to do one. the punters. Uh, City Star, yeah, I think yeah. it was. And um, by the yeah, in the first five minutes of betting, because we tip it before the odds come out, it was hundreds to. Tens or something. So um, there is one though, which I'm very keen on. So Benny's flipping me a message tomorrow after the odds are out, and we uh, look at ter- Terry's notifications. We go <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're very bullish on one at uh, Kalgoorlie. So Gold that, might be, that might be the main play of the day to okay. the event. So Cal Sad Day, while it is Geraldton Gold Cup Day on the Crayfish Coast mm. this Sunday, not a bad field that. Um, yeah, that, well, last I looked, uh, it was Divine, only, Divine Shadow. Only a few exceptions. Yeah, 62 with Mitchie. Mm. Is it raining, Jero? Not sure. Because it will grow a leg again, obviously, if it's raining. Um, is Media Baron going there as well? I think so. Scratched, I think it was. Scratched, okay. Yeah. So it's uh, Divine Shadow, Bella's Idol, Superior Smile, lots of uh, Geraldton locals. Our, our mm. idol is actually double engaged across the weekend. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's not a bad... 78 plus $100,000 Jelton Cup. So, so good luck to the Jelton Turf Club 
everyone involved there, Big Davy, hopefully the the uh, Mother Nature is um, is shining on them mm. on the day and they get some good conditions. Yes, it's always a uh, a good. Uh, I want to get up to Geraldton Cup at some stage. I've never never been to the Geraldton race. What's our next club? road trip, bus trip? Uh, something. So I reckon June-ish. I'm going to try for a dry May, which will be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but something June, July-ish. I reckon. What's what's? Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something anyway. Either that or a big day out of the track with the the one one listeners. We haven't done the one. Faithful. Yeah, maybe a first up new head of salt or something. Yeah. Okay. Wearing a new colours. That's mm. good. Uh, before we move forward, a big thank you to last week's in studio guest Michael Heaton. He, um, he's always a good man to have on the show. Uh, I think Spotty, the, our mascot, our studio mascot, he enjoyed Michael's company as well. The Easter eggs didn't enjoy Michael's company. <laughs> yeah. What about a sore gut when he got there? <laughs> yeah, he did some damage to the uh, to the bowl of Easter eggs, that's for sure. But good stuff. Thanks for coming Tip on. Well, too. Tip well, too. Tip well. Yeah, yep. he very well. Yeah, he went through all of his selections for the day. I think he had a bit of a feel, so hopefully he personally had a bit of a feel. Mm, very good. Um, yeah, we always love our guests coming on and uh, helping us here at the one one. And BJ, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the Mundaring Hotels WA Racing Mastermind and the Market City Meets Get Out Stakes competitions. Also, don't forget this Saturday at Ascot Racecourse will be the WA Black Arts launch party, Terry, representing us sand gropers in the horse racing league. The Black Arts, they'll be enjoying WA size produce stakes day from the best facility on track the director's lounge and they tell me there's a big announcement on the agenda also um which will be um highlighted at the launch party this saturday perhaps that's in relation to the tried horses that the trl has been desperately trying to secure in recent weeks i'm uh, very dirty i've got another wedding down south this week bj so i uh, i won't be there but um yeah i'm actually really dirty i won't be there because that would be an absolute cracking little do um at ascot on saturday so get along if you can absolutely so yeah that's the uh, wa black arts launch party if you want any more information go to trl.net or blackarts.net it's size produce stakes day terry are we ready to get cracking on this preview we are all right, Raoul is out in the seven-meter position. The weather is getting warmer. It was 27, now they've pushed it out a bit to 28, 29, mostly sunny, a bit of a light easterly floating around. We did have some rain during the week that was um, but that has since dried up. I noticed the track ended up firming significantly as the day progressed at Ascot yesterday, so we'll be looking forward to a good four um, firm Ascot surface on Saturday, the seventeenth uh, of April, Terry. Yep, standard uh, standard Ascot track. Easterlies aren't um, strong enough to expect to play a major part, but um, yeah, the rail and on pace is always a nice spot to be at Ascot, especially early in the day. Early in the Could day, just have that on uh, repeat. Record, yeah, yep. rinse and repeat every week. Yeah, basically. All right, let's get into it. Race one is. How did these maidens get back on this? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I thought we'd uh, successfully vetoed these. So the West Speed maidens are gone. It looks like they're throwing in the occasional uh, standard four-year-old upwards maiden. But anyway, race one, size day, 11.53 a.m. is the budget truck rental maiden. I know, Terry, you mentioned off-air that you haven't even looked at this race. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I, uh, I finished. I went in reverse order, finished race two at about 11 o'clock last night, and um, I just thought I got minimal interest. Uh, looking at it on the surface, you expect Miami City to be hard to beat, but always wary of a horse at the best form is down the straight, coming back around a bend. Um, lone hand Larry, new stable, but Mitch probably chose 
Miami City. Not a race I'm going to be interested in at all. Race two, I'll be playing from there onwards. Not even the, not even the fact that Brett Pope's got the fave is going to warm your warm your heart. <laughs> no, <laughs> hey. no one one thing one thing I will say though one thing I will say is though, is I tell you what one horse who has not been ridden well in forever is a twenty nine start maiden who's never run a place bachelor ball. <laughs> Blinkers, Bladderer, Bradra Willer go on. I look, he's 100 to 1, and he probably should be 300 to 1. But um, yeah, if you started drinking really early, you could consider having something on him. I, uh, I've actually thought that that might be a interesting horse to get hold of once upon a time, Bachelor Boyfriend. He's Al- run a couple of good races right. over, over his yeah, time. If you go back to uh, the run versus He's on Fire five starts ago, he sat deep the trip, yeah. was beaten three. Um, Went to York, was given none at York. Then he sat deep uh, around Tumavet, sat deep with main engine. And then he was back near last um, after dropping sharply in Trivet. Yeah, dearie me. But he's no, the problem is he's no good yeah. as well. So. I think this is a race for for what it's worth. For those of you that are actually playing in a race, run, I think Miami City is the way to go. Mitchie Pateman's given uh, the punters a lead by hopping off Lone Hand Larry, who trialled really, really well at Lark Hill recently for Hayden Ballantyne. Uh, Miami City has race fitness, third up, coming to this Ascot, 1,100-metre maiden. She'll get every opportunity from gate three. I think he just simply stands out as the horse to beat. Pretty firm though now, $3 in the market. That won't be getting any of mine. I think that's still, that's a bit skinny for a horse like Miami City. But from a tipping point of view, I've got him on top. Yardman, Lone Hand, Larry, and maybe a big improvement from Payroa, Lad. Um, but to fair runabouts for old... Mark Bairstow. Marky Bairstow. Yeah, I think it is. January last year was his last winner. Perhaps. Right. Uh, but other than that, it's pretty hard to get enthused about this particular maiden and um, really disappointing to see that these maidens have managed to, just when we thought that they had uh, been eradicated from the mm. Saturday programs, they've reared their heads again. But anyway, something's got to win it for me, Miami City. All right, race number two, the Glenroy Schaff. Handicap over the spread bags, McChef over the uh, the one thousand meters. Um, Good now, race. This this is better. This is, this is like a cracking it. race. Again, like this isn't this isn't my type of betting race mm-hmm. uh, because you got the question marks over Shantalk, Vedette to start, and Acromantula all racing off a break. So there's obviously question marks on how they're all going. Um, really excited to see Shan Talk come back, BJ. But from a speed map point of view, well, a few of these have good gate speed. I think the only one desperate to find the top will be Acromantula. Is Correct. That, is that how you read it? Yep, 100%. A um, few little gear changes. They, they almost look like positive ones to some degree. Bubble Cheeker coming off, lugging bits. One-eyed blinker was a worry for me, but mm. I, I didn't notice that till till really late in the piece, but still must have trolled in the one-eyed blinker, I think. So. Yep. And has he been gelded? Because it says yes. Colt last start. Has so that, been gelded. That might be a gear change worth noting for the punters, I'd suggest. He Huge. no longer has his, uh, his gonads, but anyway. Gonads. Apparently the lugging bit was more important than <laughs> testicles. But yeah. uh, look, uh, I, uh, this is a, a cracking little race. Um, I've got Acromantula on top, but uh, I am not going to be hopping in or getting too enthused, BJ. I just think there's so much class around him. We don't know where they're all at. Shantorkel Park, um, difficult ride for Vicky Corva. I thought that was a good opportunity for Lactar, but um, they stick with the, the stable apprentice, so good on them. Uh, I see Red gets a, a harder test, but a nice map. Vedette de Star's back last, but it's only a small field, so 
as is McCanto, who I, I don't think can win this one back to the thousand. In the market, though, I didn't have Should him anywhere near that. No, neither did I. I thought it was a 10 out of 10 steer last start, which yep. got him there. I think if it sprints with Vedette to Star, Vedette to Star beats him home. So I, I can't see how he probably wins it. But uh, no, I think the winner will come from um, probably Shantork or, or Acromantula. Uh, mm-hmm. 330, 450. I've got short, slightly shorter than that, so it could... Make it a bet, BJ, but uh, no, nah, this this isn't my type of race with three horses coming off little breaks. Yeah, I was pretty much $4 the field, had mm. Acromantula on top. I think he's going to find the front. Joey has a party, he's riding really well at the moment. And uh, this horse trial, that Lucky Hill trial was, was, nice. was really nice. Slick too. Against some decent horses as well. They weren't mm. any slouches. Um, he's a winner over the Ascot, 1,000 metres on debut. I think they, the stable has a big opinion of this horse. He's just got... Plenty of talent. You can just tell, by the way, that he covers the ground. The interesting thing for me was who's going to be the breeze horse because I imagine that Shantork is going to be leaders back. So who's going to be the breeze horse? So, and that breeze horse could be potentially a bit of a roadblockish type situation. Yes. So, so I spent a bit of time on that one. It's and first of all, it's whether Shantork can get across. If first of all, I would be instructing um, Victoria to try to lead. Um, with Shantork. That we're down to the thousand, you got the three kilo girl. Try and lead and then at worst if, if they go nuts on Acromantula to cross, you let your hand up and then you got the back of Acromantula. Yeah. If you just dawdle out, you're gonna probably end up your chance of ending back three pairs back. Because I see red probably jumps quicker than Shantork, and then Type One could just ping around. But yeah. I think Type One could get caught deep, even and, though from Mary. And you never really know what Red Inferno does from One, eight, one either. Well, exactly, like, it, yeah. it's all about how it pings as well. Yeah. If it's desperate to hold the back of Acromantula leaders back, then they, there's trouble there. So, well, yeah. you got Barrier too, but it's a, it's a sticky ride. Still, and you got Mitchell Mitchell Payton, good tactical senior rider, yeah. drawn directly outside her, and he will fancy his chances of winning, and he'll fancy his chances of outriding Victoria Corver as well. I think Shantork was going to trial. My my little sources tell me Shantork was in a trial but um she may have had a little cold or a flu and missed the trial so um take that with definitely take that with a grain of salt but um yeah just it looks a sticky little race to me and um acromantula was the one that uh I thought made sense. You know he's going to be out in front. Um, you can forgive his last run before a spell where he finished uh, down the track as he had the thumps. Um, but more of a watch and see and see how good some of these are. We'll learn a lot yeah, about pre- these Yeah, pretty hard to be too confident in a race where Shantalk, Icy Red, Vedetta Star and Acromantula, they're all pretty evenly matched for mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went for the leader and I, I feel as though he's a horse with plenty of upside. Acromantula gets in well at the weights as well. Going to make his own luck out in front. He's the longest price at the moment of the four. I had him um, equal favourite um, at, at $4. Yeah. His toe, very interesting. So, but he's my on top selection, and his value at his current quote of four sixty, um, with very, my my bet pump price being four dollars. It's very interesting. Um, when Brad goes up, you can see the money that comes straight away, mm. and I, I didn't have a bet, but Brad, I think Brad went up. I should get this right about four forty, four sixty, four sixty, yeah. But that was quickly backed in to the mid threes, three seventy. Um, you got to, yeah, yeah. Before he is popped out again because the other agencies, um, I think one of them went up six bucks for a brief moment, but. Um, before the other agencies all went up. So uh, there was some money for um, Acromantula with the Tab Touch players this morning. And mm. I reckon that's probably where the – sometimes I think that's the astute money that comes first up because um, they monitor – I think Tab Touch monitor the accounts of certain people and whatnot. So, and Shan Talk on the other end was sort of um, mid threes out to over four bucks um, yeah. with the early moves. So there wasn't money for Shan Talk early. So interesting <laughs> stuff in that sense, but um, a yeah, good race for me to watch. Acromantula? Acromantula for me, yes. Yeah. 
Me too. Good luck to Victoria Corbin. It's going to be it's yeah. a high pressure ride for her. So and it's good to see how she she uh, she goes under the. You know what Shantalk is a winner. Winner, good horse. So definitely yeah. not riding uh, Shantalk off. Any of those four can win. I'm just going to go for the leader. Yeah. Me too. Race number three on WA Size Produce Stakes Day is the Tap Touch West Bee Platinum Autumn Series Heat. This is heat number three of the series. There's a hundred thousand dollar Westby Platinum Series final on the first of May. So this is another heat leading towards that feature final. And um, yeah, it's, I found this a really tricky race to wrap my head around, Terry. I don't know about you. Well, Petit Lefemme went up fourth favourite, and that tells you a bit of a, a bit of a story. It's now sixth favourite, I think. <clears throat> that tells you a little bit of a story about this event. I actually only marked three horses under eighteen to one. Yep. Um, BJ and uh, and still none of them really come up much of a bet for me. Um, for me, it's very simply, do we trust the image keeper form? Mm -hmm. um, an image keeper could lead this, could take a sit. I think it, in time will be a better horse with a sit, but they might be able to lead this uh, this race without Pike on. That's 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 massive. Or do we go with the requisition and scooters machine form where you've got to think scooters is more suited than requisition here up to the 1,200 metres um, and drawing nine is a, is a positive. Scooters probably sits three feet yeah. the trip, but that's Scouting that's, wide. that's where it probably wants to be. To yeah. be honest, uh, just staying out of trouble. So um, again, I don't have a hugely strong uh, opinion here. Um, pushed for a bet, I'd, I'd be looking at Scooter's Machine parking three deep. Its last run over the thousand went run off his feet and then still hitting the line like he did. Crazy that's a good. horse that's um, going super because his best racing isn't how, done like that. How so. well has he got? Yeah, unreal. unreal. Just yeah. unreal. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I just worry with Image Keeper. Um, watch you lose from Pike going off, and we'll talk about that later on with Final Chill as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Really peaked with Pikey being on, but in saying that, Image Keeper has only been beaten once at a racetrack, and it was probably a good thing beaten at that Barker. particular day at yeah. Barker. So, um, and if, and if you look further back through Image Keeper's mm, trial form line, um, trial alongside uh, Material Witness, who would probably be in the market here, I reckon. So It's all there, isn't it? It yeah. is all there, yep. It is all there. So, uh, yeah, look, I think the winner comes from those three. Scooter 650. I've got Scooter's 550. Who was, so, who was the third? Requisition, yeah. Requis oh, requisition is yep. racing on a course that should just keep winning, but you've got the barrier and then you've got the 1,200-metre query. Yeah. Um, I'm not as perturbed about the 1,200 metres. His actual 1,200-metre record looks poor, but his runs have yes. been better than, yep. than than the record that yep. the, the numbers suggest. Yep. Well, he, the ideal for requisition here is grabbing the back of um, Scooter's. Scooter's machine yep. and um, – and from there, he'd have to be very hard to hold out late. I mean, I, I think I said after he won his last race, it looks like a horse that's just going to keep winning. But if he drew a hole, it would have been an easy selection. Mm. But from 11, a lot needs to go right. So, yeah, another difficult race when it comes from those three, but that's not really um, overly difficult to predict. Those three were in my four as well. The only other horse that I could make a case for is Pink and Grey. He led them up with Chris Parnham on board and was gunned down by prize nemesis two starts ago. That was with 60 kilos. I thought his run, 1,000-meter run in the requisition city center race was as good as requisition and city center. He was wide throughout and kept coming. Actually runs really well for Chris Graham, does pink and gray. I think he's going to give himself every chance up on top of the speed. 56 kilos, again, rolling along. Doesn't have a great winning record does this horse but he's just racing so well and a bit like um a bit like some of these other horses just has just hit a bit of a purple patch of form he's the only horse uh, other horse that i can make a case for but for me 1200 the issue perhaps yeah mm. but he, he's um 
He is uh, placed three times from five starts at the Ascot, uh, 1,200 metres. So he um, he doesn't mind the, the route as such. But I kept coming back to Image Keeper on top. I uh, have to wind him out a touch pike to Pateman, which is fair enough. Um, however, I thought that debut, uh, that first up Bunbury win was really strong. The, the it rated really well as well. Uh, held off a pretty smart horse and she's got to you when I don't think he was entirely suited leading at Pinjarra last Sunday. Quick backup, good draw, in form. Mitchell Pateman on board. Image Keeper is going to be give you a good bang for your buck, I think. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, I was little, I was little. just a touch over a bit over four dollars image keeper. So I think I was four forty image keeper. I think his best available was three ninety at the moment though. So I was four and then uh, five fifty five fifty. You know ninety percent up. Just a lowish percentage market there. Four bucks five fifty five fifty and upwards. Others, others uh, yeah. I think just listening to you, I probably have got pink and grey a little bit longer. Uh, does go very well for Chris Graham. And even if you go back to that run five starts ago, ladies of London, that form line looks pretty good. Yeah. So um, that Bunbury run? That was. Yeah. We, we were there. Yeah. Front and centre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can, uh, I can, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down there as well. But, uh, yeah, sticky race, all the horses on the right marks for me. Okay. Race four of the day is the All Flags Signs and Banners Handicap, 1,200-metre race. Let's see just how good Miss Kentucky is, Terry. 1,000 metres. With no uh, speed, isn't it? 1,000, 1,000, third up over 1,200 metres has drawn gate nine. We'll be getting back and running on, but she has uh, done nothing but firm since markets were open this morning. Yeah, it's understandable. She went past Riverbow, who knocked off... Um Clairvoyance, so that formula is, is going to obviously uh, scream out. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. You're up to the 1,200 metres, which I don't think will be an issue. I know no. her only loss was over the 1,200, but um, that isn't uh, a major concern for me. Um, different stage of her career now, more mature horse. Um, but if she goes back to last, this is a race devoid of speed. War God looks your natural leader, even back to the 1,200, but it's not necessarily – uh, Mervin out of the machine, so I think we'll look for a horse. I'd love to see him dig chicks pick up here and just say let's let's lead this. It's mm. just a different horse out in front, but I don't know if he he slightly older lad now. Um, I say that I think he's five. Um, has this ring in his legs that he, he once did to be able to lead him up, and um, I think they're reluctant to to use him. I just you, this is you got to just I reckon it's a horses for courses case here, and uh, if, if not, you hold the back of the speed. You yeah. just, you've got to have a nice head start um, on them. And um, I had War God leading, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like Crystal Spirit or Echo Effect do something like uh, from a speed map point of view. Yeah, well, I had Echo Effect actually going um, forward. I'm expecting Mitchy Payton to really dig him, dig him out. It doesn't jump well, but as we saw in the Bunbury Stakes, he can accelerate around him a little bit. If they aren't going quickly early, it should be easy to get to the breeze or even just keep rolling to the top. Um, thought I don't know if it's a funny old campaign if you you won the Fitzpatrick beat Resort Man in the Fitzpatrick Diablery um, a few other horses were in that race who all have the right form lines then went to the Mungrup Sprint deep the trip worked to the breeze actually it was a super run 390 in the um, Mungrup too Yep, went cool. around at just just thin, thin, thin prices. Um, then went to the Jumiscus, sat forty-seven deep. Went to the Bunbury Stakes, sat fifty-five deep before working to the top uh, in a race, in, uh, which uh, in, a, in, a, in a move that upset Lockie Taylor a bit. He was I a think bit... he was. I think Echo Effect was in what they call Maddie Land in the uh, Bunbury Stakes <laughs> for, for a stride or two. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty good acceleration though to get to the top of that, wasn't it? But there's something I look for things like that, and I thought there was something about that which said this horse is. 
Got a little bit. And then um, in a 78 plus, very strong 78 plus, Chrissy Nickel never tried for any type of early speed and just let him get to the line. I don't know. I thought he had more to give. He was only beaten four and a half X. Are they trying to reprogram this horse? Not that- sure. I'm not sure what exactly they're doing. And then uh, he came, went around in a 78 plus. The, the clairvoyance race where she got knocked off, um, beaten 2.7 lengths river bow. And again, I think I think Mitchie had a bit of horse under If you watch the 100 metres, 200 metres past the post, um, he was uh, he was he was going super. So what are they up to here, Gary? Yeah, what, I don't know. What, what, I, I don't Roy, know. Mitchie Mitchie Payton Mitchie Roy Payton Rogers. sticks. Yep. Not that he probably had the only he, Mitchie would have been off at the right on Moshard, wouldn't he? Mm, perhaps yes. I don't know. M- Mitchie sticks. Look, I'm a little little dis. There were 67 bucks available earlier. I haven't got any of that. Unfortunately, we don't have the um, the ability to do so. It's 34 now, which is. Not as enticing, but um, look, I've got Echo FX 16 bucks. So um, just with uh, Nerodio being first up, super horse, we'll run a race. Obviously, just need some luck from one. One first up, we'll last campaign. Miss Kentucky, best two horses, deserve to be the, the prices they are in the market. But um, yeah, let's have a little stupid each way bet Echo Effect here to go to the breeze and um, get the job done for Woy Wodgers at any odds. BJ. Mm, trigger. Try and pull a trigger. Swifty on us, yeah, I think. I reckon. Hey. We've got to be, you've got to be on the right side yeah. of the Swifties occasionally. Yeah, I reckon he's going to pull a Swifty on us with this echo effect. So fascinating. Watch this. Uh, that 67 bucks that Terry mentioned earlier, that was, mm. a, that was a good price. What I price do you have him? $19. Nineteen. Yeah. yeah. I was 16 and I thought I was, uh, I thought I was losing me nanas, yeah. to be honest with you. So, mm, okay. Uh, obviously, Miss Kentucky stand out, but there's no uh, – there's no real meat on the bone there. Dollar ninety-five, I think. Miss Kentucky across the board. Is that right, Terry? I think so. So that's them. Yeah. From what what she's going to have to, I think she'll probably win the race. But yeah. From what she's going to have to do, like we saw it with. Um, I compared it in my notes to Stella Vista yesterday. Mm. Um, best horse in the race by by panels, but um, and that was on a more suitable track as well. Yeah. Um, like it's almost an identical setup, but. When you have to come from last, you can be a good thing beaten. So especially with a race with, without any really obvious speed. So yeah, I think if you're, I, I'll be very interested to see what the exchange does. The Betfair exchange does late. I actually backed Miss Kentucky in run last start. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've never, I've never, I'm just not capable of the in run betting. Yeah, uh, I think I think it was like two two twenty eight going past the six hundred meter mark. So. Um, but I uh, might even look at doing a similar thing on the weekend, depending on how well she's traveling. But yeah, no knock on Nerodio. He is a really, really class horse, this fellow. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in time work his way into black, black type company. He's just got that feel to me. Quality, uh, sprinter, Lactar on from one. If things go pear-shaped, bit of traffic, bit of niggle for Miss Kentucky, Nerodio is going to be Johnny on the spot. Uh, Lactar in his um, preferred running position, hugging the rail. Uh, he's going to eat just a good horse in the rodeo and flies fresh, has a trial under his belt. So Good trial too. Yeah, I imagine that he will be making Miss Kentucky stretch her neck regardless. Chick's pick ran – I thought his – that first up 1,000-meter run was super, super behind River Bow, Clairvoyance, um, Platinum Bullet. I thought his run was as it, not not that far superior to Platinum Bullet to tell you Do the truth. Do you think – I agree. Do yeah. you think – that if Echo Effect gets that clear running room out wide, that Echo Effect finishes off as well as Chicks Pit because I reckon I reckon perhaps, it does. Yeah. perhaps, which is uh, so yeah. I had Echo Effect in the mix as well, and I expect uh, 
Moshard's a pretty fair sprinter on his day. He's going to be getting back and, and charging. out sprint. Um, um, Miss Kentucky, with, yeah. with more weights. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought Brad Willer was a good booking actually for for Moshard and he's, he can – he can a good booking for anything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he can run a race for – um, Peter Fernie first up. Look, obviously, Miss Kentucky, horse to beat. Nerodio, the class run of the race, he's going to be um, he's going to be a real competitor as well. But I think I might be following the guru in here with uh, trying to speculate on something like Echo Effect as well, just for a, just for a laugh. Well, just on a bit. What do we do? We take the thirties, or do I don't think we do. I think we hold mm. off on the on the uh, the exchange. Surely, surely, there's got to be any old price here because Miss Kentucky is going to take up forty five percent of your yeah. market. Probably trades two twenty. Yep. Um, Money for the radio. Take up twenty five percent of your market. Trades four bucks. So you've got to fit the other three horses into thirty percent. Um, yeah, it's got to it's got to trade. Surely fifty bucks, sixty bucks. In my notes, all right, we'll trade eighty. But now that you've sort of thought about it, when a few people start thinking the same thing, you, you're not the only one to see something. Pray for realize. the pray for the exchange. Pray for the exchange. Exactly <laughs> right. Either way, it will be it will be a backable price. That's one thing we do know. Okay, very good. All right, BJ. It is now time for the Mundaring Hotel mastermind competition you know i read that without even reading the notes on the screen this time yeah you're getting I was, watching, I was watching echo effect past the past <laughs> so i've got a replay i'm making sure i did see what i thought uh he's get, got a strong hot he's actually got a strong hold of that and it's oh, mate, the way you're car- the way that. you're carrying on I'm, we better bet now i think this oh, is getting out of control again i've still marked it nearly 20, <laughs> i've still marked it nearly 20 back so i haven't got it short that's for sure um all right thanks terry yes it is time for the mundaring hotel wa racing mastermind competition the Mundaring has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, if you're in the neighbourhood, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say day and tell him you're a 1-1 listener. Butchie will look after you up there in uh, the Mundaring. Congratulations to episode 71 mastermind winner, Tim Marlowe. He's a multiple Mastermind winner, Timmy, and um, he saluted the judge again. A $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail. Now, to be crowned this week's Mastermind, you'll need to answer the following three. We're going back to three. Three questions correctly. Number one, Guru. Ready. Who did Fred Kersley and Dan Stake, Diamond Dan Stake, combine to win the 2017 size produce? I do know that. It's just not coming to me. Question number two. Who rode recent size produce stakes winners, Tin Snip and Whispering Brook? Question three. Name the uncle and nephew who teamed up to win the size with Showy Chloe in 2015. And one of the all-time great salutes. Might have to track down that. From the Western Race Picks archive and put it on mm. the uh, put it on the one one uh, Twitter feed because it is one of the all time great. He's salutes. got a few good ones. Yeah, he's uh, there's not many better than this young man. That is for sure. So they are the three mastermind questions for this week's edition of the one one. Send them to us via direct message on Twitter, and if you get all four, all three questions correct, you could be in running for that one hundred dollar gift voucher to the Mundaring feed. Flutter, froffies, family atmosphere, big decks, all happening up at the Mundaring. Check it out. Terry? Yeah, the the first one's on the tip of my tongue. I just can't think of it. Number two and three is right, I'm pretty sure. If you can read my handwriting, which is fairly close to. Yeah, yeah. Right on the tip of yeah. my tongue. Now leave it with me. I'll, I'll get that as Wasn't well. Wasn't jo- Johnny Diesel was playing at the uh, that big concert 
at the Sandalford. Yeah, they, they yeah they actually pause that concert. No, that's what, I, that's what I'd ask you. So the concert was right next to the Mandoon, whereas where Luke oh, and Finney's. we were right on the cusp of it, and it was right like they were right next to each other. It's yeah. probably hundred meters between them. Yeah, um, at the wedding. major concert, the yep. wedding. Yeah, um, no, they paused the music for twenty minutes. For the nuptials. yeah, all put it right down for twenty minutes. No one, no one had any music, so they could uh, they could get married. So That's, it was uh, brilliant. But then when it came on, it was right at the end, and it actually added to the atmosphere of the wedding. So um, there was some concerns that it might be uh, a little bit of a, a hindrance or get in the way. But um, that was it was cracking. It was really well, good. They, they tell me that Barnsley just tore it up. Jimmy no, Barnes tore it up. Does. And uh, back the card. The question the question remains is like, why isn't he playing railway stakes day every year? Like that used to be the. The go-to. So Perth Racing, Barnsley's still got it, still got the magic. So it's time. Lock him in. It's time for Jimmy, isn't it? Yeah, it's time yeah, for Jimmy. Bring yeah. him back. Bring him back. He'd love to celebrate a dig deep back. Dig deep back <laughs> yeah, I reckon he he's might. A work, he's a working class horse. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he might. So that is the uh, the Mundaring done for this week's episode of the One One Race Five of the Day, twenty one hundred metre graduation handicap named the Amelia Park. Amelia Park handicap. We see a couple of in-form horses going around. We've got a last start Narragin Cup winner in So Schmick. Final Chill last start winner. Chief Archer last start winner. Karanis last start winner. So there's a bit of bit of form to uh, to scythe our way through. Terry, what did you come up with in this particular race? Nothing with a huge amount of confidence. Uh, this was our one McManus moment for the day, though. So oh, it's always, tell me, tell it's me always nice to uh, to touch on our McManus moments. He's had a pretty good set last week. I think he had a pretty good set too, and this week uh, it was a relatively good set. But the ten bucks, Sheik it. I, I don't think. I think he's got that a little bit wrong. I'm not not declaring Sheik it or anything here, but uh, I think the ten dollars will be well and truly over the jump price for a shake horse. Shake it, shake it, like shake, a it. Pol- shake it like a Polaroid picture for, yeah. for a horse who um, gets the two and a half kilo allowance with the other uh, three year old. Um, what would you call it? Three year old allowance, I should say. Yeah. Um, drops the six kilos, meets Karanis a, a stack better at the weight. Uh, it's huge off forty days at the eighteen hundred meters. Um, not sure if he'll run out the 2100 meters second up uh, or second off the freshen up, but uh, it definitely is more for me, is more of a $4.50 chance and a mm-hmm. $10 pop. So, um, there you are, Brad. There's your mention this week. Well, um, I saw if Brad, that's the worst he does, he's pretty happy. I, I saw Brad on Twitter talking about the Billy Ray yeah. and saying that uh, if <laughs> you good, good if, tweeting, isn't it? if you want to get some overs, jump on to Tab Touch in the morning. And I thought that. That might have been code for he was going to put $7 Billy Ain't Silly up again. Ah, I know. He's yeah. very safe with Billy. Yeah, he's very safe with Billy. Yeah, I reckon um, Yeah, some of the punters have backed that in from the sevens to the, the 250 last start. If that was Billy Ain't Silly and not Billy Ray, there could have been uh, pitchforks and uh, <laughs> yeah. writing at Ascot, I'd say. But, yeah, uh, that's true. Look, I think this race will be um, dominated. Uh, I think it could be dominated. I'm not. I'm not convinced by the leader and the leader's back Sheikit and Karanis I like to see a horse going around at the journey and prove that we can get the journey and those two horses are obviously final chill uh, and so schmick uh, so schmick just at the weights I have to take him on got 14 points or 15 points or something in his last three BJ just a couple of wins out of his grade but mm. um Good booking of Rawil. It's just very hard with the 61. That's a, it's a massive weight impost. Um, Chris Nickel gave him a 10 in the Narragin Cup and our idol was a good thing beaten. I think mm. you'll find. Um, final chill. will make that mid-race move from the 600 if they're not going to quickly put himself into the race. Um, but again, I just I just gave him a little and I've marked him around five bucks. So it's not, I've had to give him, him a bit of a clip, didn't you? Had Surely, to give yeah. him a bit of a clip. Yeah. I, I think um, this race is 
worth more, but I think Kieran's um, – and I, hopefully he wins the race. Well, for him, hopefully he wins the race. But, um, yeah, I think he should have raced on Wednesday. With Pike I know, know it was worth a little bit less and might have been even a little harder with Red Hot Tip potentially. Well, maybe not mm-hmm. exactly the same, but I think, yeah, if you've got Pikey available, you, you, you stick with Pikey. That's the winning formula for the horse. Um, in saying that, it, it could Pikey could have just correlated to when he sort of found his feet to some degree. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think think both those last two rides needed needed a bit of wizard wizardry. Well, I think the first one, Mitch could have done the – Mitch is that type of rider who would take yeah. off, need be, but the second one I thought was a really well-timed run. But mm. um, we'll learn a lot, I guess, in that sense. Um, if Mitch uh, – if he goes for Pikey, Mitch as well as he did for Pikey, probably is very hard to beat. But yeah. um, now Shake it, I marked 4 4.15 actually. And Karanis, I've got the same price despite the weight swing. I just thought Karanis – like I said, the requisition earlier. looks like a horse is just going to keep winning. Yeah. He, just, just, yeah. Jared, he was so Jared. unlucky last start and he still won the race. Jared's got him absolutely yeah. coming. Yeah. So, and, and Lakdar on for cash or shouldn't be a negative, but – I saw it as just a minor, and this will sound funny, a minor negative just because he has gone so well for Kesh. So, um, yeah, look, I've marked those two just over four bucks. They're both five at the moment. So, uh, no no real bet for me. Royal Schweizer's run two back was um, was was huge. So just um, just, just uh, Hyperspace and Royal Schweizer both went around yesterday, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, both went poorly too. Yeah. So may both come out, especially um, Hyperspace, who they reported post-race race flatly. So don't know if you back up for four days if that's the case, but – Maybe they're playing a bit of ducks and drakes. Mm. BJ, who knows? Because hyperspace was going really well before that. Yeah, so. yeah prone to a um, setback or two hyperspace. Certainly yeah. is. Um, but yeah, so for me again, not not overly enthused here. Um, yeah, ten bucks Sheik. It can have more of that, Brad. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a race between Karanis and Sheikit myself. Five, I marked them both five dollars. Uh, final chill can win again. Uh, just I just noticed the other day that Pike just let it fall out. He just rode so patiently and so confidently. Um, there was a bit of skill involved in that, like high level of skill um, with that winning ride on final chill last start. Uh, no knock on Mitchell Pateman, but that's why the Wizard has got eight rides at Caulfield on Saturday. He's the, the best in the business and he's got a certain set of skills that are just um, – yeah, just yeah, just elite and head and shoulders. But the uh, but final chill, he can win again. He's going to have to do it with fifty eight and a half. But yeah, really informed stayer, um, doing a lot right for Kieran McDonough. So Schmidt is uh, really come um, come of age since being transferred to Steve Wolf Stable. Ran third in Albany Cup, backed up on the Narragin Cup, backing up again with sixty one kg. He's not sure it's going to be his race, but I think there's a couple of higher rated staying races coming up in the coming weeks that are going to be suitable for him. This was. More of a stepping stone, I imagine. So for me, I think it's going to be Karanis or Shake. I think they're going to be the two fighting at the finish. I like the weight drop for Shake. It probably going to find the front. I actually thought that if there's going to be a horse outside of the obvious, might be Major Mambo, who might be able to run a bit of a race mm. on speed. I didn't think he was too bad in that Maricino race the other day. This is easier. He's probably going to roll forward and either lead if Chris Parnham doesn't want to leave or, or trail the Shake It, who looks the other possible leader, thought Major Mambo could stick on and run a bit of a race now that he's fifth up into his campaign. He's the one outside of the obvious for mine. But um, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be flip of the coin between Karanis and Shake It. Very, very good. Um, yeah, geez, 10 bucks. Bradley, good stuff. Race six, the Crown Towers handicap over the 1,000 metres. Now, BJ, excuse me, is this the best? Non-black type sprint that uh, we've just about ever seen in, in Western Australia. 
Yeah, agree, Terry. This is an absolute belter. I was getting a headache trying to uh, do the form and price this race last night. Uh, where do you start? I suppose we better start with the speed map. I mean, we've got Dream and Zebel. We've been talking about these two horses being the fastest gate speed or early speed horses in the state, and finally they cross swords or cross paths. But the barrier draw makes it a pretty easy sort of uh, – set up here for we've got dreams to rail in front yeah i think it also allows um zebel and luke just to say let's not go mad let's just go the breeze and um and and lucy lucy on will sort of suit that more patient riding style i would have thought yeah yeah, yeah look i don't think zebel can win from the breeze um so but um i just think they'll they probably won't we we're all expecting massive speed on here but this doesn't necessarily have to be that quickly run a race because the map looks obvious if that makes yeah. sense they can yeah. sort of just sort themselves out and race a little bit happily yeah um Interesting with We've Got Dreams, very underrated mare, won 7 of 14, a lot of those at a price as well. Yeah, um, She trialled with the blinkers on and I think that was one of her – I know it was a really strong trial, but I don't think she, it was one of her better trials. She trialled her latest trial? Yeah, she yeah. trialled back in January and then she was scratched at the gates where Mickey Lane wasn't too impressed on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, I don't think that was one of her more impressive trials. So either A – they haven't been completely happy with her work and they uh, put the blinkers on to try and sharpen her up. Or B, they thought, let's see how she goes in blinkers as a test in the trial um, and she's back here. So, look, either way. Pretty, um, pretty fair horse runner down there, Cup Knot. Yeah, over, yeah. The, over the 950. So I, I'd like to think that we've got Dreams could beat Cup Knot over the 950 under hard true, riding true, um, yeah. most days out. So I, I might be being a bit harsh there. The time as well was just, a, yeah, look, I might be being a touch harsh there. That's a strong, strong trial she was in. But um, No, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I think she's told better than that for yeah, sure. Yeah, so I just think in this type of race you need to be cherry ripe. Um, going backwards on the speed map from there, BJ. We agree on the leader. Uh, Breeze, Zeeble, Captain yep. Kinklehold. We've got Dreams back, yep. you'd suspect. Agree. Uh, one, one, uh, Highland beats. Or are you going to jam someone? Well, by the way, well done. <laughs> Um, on jamming, watch me dance into the one one. That's tremendous stuff. <laughs> Mickey Heaton, he just doubted you could uh, you could do it. And I tell you what, you just he just he was laughing. You are, you are genuinely a genius at jam. You should there should be a market for one one. Who's going to land in the one one? You could you retire instantly. Mickey Heaton was was sneering, wasn't he? he I, was, was, I wasn't far from a sneer either, to be honest. Like a, you know, it was it was quite incredible. So uh, um, let's let's get River in the one one, eh? Yeah, so it's, it's River yeah. Bow, Highland Beat, or Gemma's Sun. Yeah. The fact Gemma's Sun's drawn the wires of the three, because um, I went into this thinking I'd find Gemma's Sun, to be honest. Mm. Um, the fact it's drawn the widest of the three, I think Christy will be three, don't know here. I just think um, she might find a spot, she might get lucky and get in, but Highland Beat goes pretty quick early yeah. and can hold a spot. So um, you'd love to see the you'd love to see them kick up, grab the back of Zebel. Um, alternatively, if Riverbow is going really quick, it grabs the back of Zebel and Highland B gets the back of Riverbow. Either of those spots are nice. I yeah, or uh, Jammer Sun leads up three wide line, Riverbow maybe yep. tracks it up. Um, yeah, there's a few different things there. That that, yep. that It just depends how quickly they go early. Yeah, exactly uh, right. It will depend on how, how much separation there is for horses to slot into. Yeah, exactly right. And then you've got Plutocracy, State Attorney. Um, we'll be out the back door. Floyd probably goes back from the gate and, and Money Matters. Uh, it's probably three back the fence, I think, with the with the 62. But, um, gee whiz, I reckon you'll ask, uh, ask five people. You get five different uh, responses or tips. Riverbow will be very popular, um, knocking off clairvoyance. But the only thing I'm going to say about that win, BJ, 
is I reckon clairvoyance speak clairvoyance that start. You're talking plutocracy probably should have won that race just mm. about. Uh, Platinum Bullet got within a half. Chick's Pick was only a length and a half away. Echo Effect was only two and a half away. So I'm not going to look at that as like, whoa, you've just beat clairvoyance. I think clairvoyance wasn't right to win that race. Yeah, but I think he, he was three wide no cover the entire still, race to one. Yeah, yeah, still a great win. Still yeah. a great win. Just, just, just with the query on the map, I think – I think his price is about right, about four bucks. No, it's shorter than that. It's three yeah. six. So he's, he's getting in below me. So. Yeah, so that that's more what I'm looking at here. I'm definitely not knocking um, Riverboat too heavily here, mm. but um, yeah, I think I've marked him closer to I think four eighty. I have uh, Riverboat. I was um, uh, I was Gemma Sun Riverboat equal four fifty. Yeah, so I was um, I got Highland Beat as equal or just shy of um, of. Uh, of Riverboat, I, I think that's um, I think I'll be probably alone in, in tipping Highland Beat here, but the, the weight swings that um, that this bloke gets uh, on on some of these is quite incredible. If you go back to the runs versus Money Matters early last prep, I think the weight swings are six, seven, eight, nine, ten kilos. Uh, obviously, Money Matters isn't the horse that he needs to beat here, um, but if you look at his uh, second up run last campaign, he's towed Money Matters into the race carrying the same weights. Mm. Um, it's only grabbed him late. It was it was huge. First up, you've probably got to say he was um, he would have finished a lot closer with any normal luck in the straight. He was held up the entirety. Um, basically held up from from start to finish. Not held up from start to finish, but now Brad uh, Mitch, sorry, never really got to get stuck into him properly. Yeah. Um, I, I just think with a race with all these big names, all these horses going head to head, I think he's the one that's going to be forgotten. Currently 11, 12 bucks. Wouldn't surprise me if he trades significantly longer than that with a lot of money coming for a lot of these. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think just on weights and scales and how he meets every horse better at the weights. Had no luck. I've, as I said, I've mapped him either one one or back a river bow. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Highland Beat is the one that'll sneak under a few guards and run a stable in form as well. Stable now in form, mm -hmm. exactly right. I think he'll run a big each way uh, race. Well, I mean, even the um, the stable mate Floyd, he's a, he's a good horse. He's a good fresh horse. He's a good thousand meter horse, but he's going to have to come from last, isn't he? So, yeah, but I'm um, Floyd two hundred to one. Really? Yeah. Wow. So my uh, my uh, leg up, I had Riverboat on top from Gemma's son. We've got Dreams, the likely leader, um, kicking and holding on for third. And the way that you were talking about Highland Beat was the way that I was looking at Captain Kink, um, who was, uh, I think, was in the same race, wasn't he? Yeah. Last start, and he also was a little bit stiff as well. Crammed and he led them up early, crammed and came around, got to the front, sort of jammed him up a bit, lost a bit of momentum, and then um, had to duck duck and dive and got beat 0.8 lengths behind Miss Kentucky and Riverboat. However, the price, obviously, that was uh, an obvious black booker because the price isn't quite what I was expecting, although it did open $10 on Bradbet. This morning now into five fifty. So from one sixty kilos down to fifty-five in a similar vein to Highland Beat. Um, I think they're they're quite evenly matched, but for for now anyway, since the market has evolved, you Captain King's half the price of Highland Beat, which is which is interesting. I think that's probably um, a bit of gate one factor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Need some luck there from the one as well. If, yeah. if we've got dreams isn't going that well, um, they could end up being a a tough spot. Could, be, could be the better. coffin. Could be, but in saying that, if we've got dreams, he's going well and can shake Zebel off. That could be the, the spot you want to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's race shape. I think 
in a race that's this tight and this close, it's going to come down to those little intricacies in the rides. Yep. Um, there is so, there's probably a length, I reckon, between probably the top five in this and their best uh, their best run. So Good um, race, isn't it? Bloody it is. Mm. There's a couple in the market that I, I think shouldn't be. I said Floyd and Money Matters, I've got out the door with the weights um, and how the race is set up. 30 yep. bucks each. I think they've both got to be significantly longer than that. State Attorney draws a gaze. Forget it went around last start. State Attorney can impact late, but I, I just don't know if it's, it's got more the class. of a third, fourth chance for mine. State Attorney. Yeah, yep. I just don't know if it's got the class. So uh, Zebel can't win either. They're, they're the three I'm happy taking on. Money Matters, Floyd, and, and Zebel completely. But um, plutocracy. Plutocracy can win the race yeah. with the right card into it. Gets the back of um, yeah, gets the right back and, and impacts late. Patrick Carberry. They go well together. These two, yeah. uh, as I said, probably should have. Probably should have gone very close to winning that Clairvoyance race. Insane that Riverboat's that deep. So, but I mean, it's um, yeah, Petocracy, I think, is always a chance in this type of race. It's um, yeah, just just a cracking, cracking, cracking race. But um, I'm really happy being on Highland beat each way. I think they can jam into the one-one. If not, grab the back of Riverboat. It's a it's a nice spot either way. Excellent. Yeah, I've tipped Riverboat on top. He's under my quote at the moment. The horse that is above my quote. That was my second selection in the leg up. Gemma's son, class horse of the race. Um, I think sometimes I'm guilty and maybe the public's guilty, a little bit guilty of underestimating this horse. He's, uh, he's just a, a, I wanted to find it. It's just yeah, a map, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah that's, that's the biggest hindrance. However, sometimes Christy Bennett can just get these horses to roll not annoy them, keep them in a rhythm, and they just respond to her. Yep. Gemma's son could be could be a case uh, in point this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's the value, slight value for mine. Uh, Gemma's son. All right, Highland beats each way. And we move on to race number seven with the early scratching going to the Geraldton Cup of Saucy Jack. And I tell you what, if there Oof. is a key scratching for the day, this is the... One, um, we also need to note that our idol is booked to run in the Geraldton Cup on Sunday. And I reckon, just having a look, it's a 78 plus on Sunday. Our idol is a 74 rider. Barrier two, I reckon that's the way they'll probably go. Yep. They're only going to risk an extra four points. They'll get the eight points if they win rather than the four. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see them scratch. And uh, Tiana has a good record taking horses up to Gerald yeah, as well. Yeah, loves so. it, yep. Now I've got a question for you. Mm. You know how we like to say moral, good things, mm. uh, unbeatable. Just wins. I got just I wins. got told off yesterday for uh, – I declared one at Albany to, to Scott and Brittany and – Brittany reckons the moment anyone says just wins, it can't win. Yeah, I've heard it. She said that on the podcast mm. as well, actually. Oh, uh, did it win? It's, it hasn't oh, raced sorry, yet. Oh, sorry. Today, LB. It's in the last. Oh, it's in the last. It's in the lucky last. Okay. Now, have you ever heard someone say, use the word pheasant instead of moral? No. Really? No. Ian Butchie O'Connor, the man behind the Mundaring Hotel, is adamant that pheasant is a thing. And uh, on our WhatsApp well, group. like a bird, a colourful bird. WhatsApp group chat, if there's a good thing, if there's absolute moral of the day, he calls it a pheasant. Have you ever heard that before? No. Neither, <laughs> neither have I. However, if you want to see a pheasant, I believe now that Saucy Jack is scratched, I think Big Butterboom could be the horse. Terry. Yeah, no, I'm in uh, complete alignment with you, BJ. That was my <laughs> lay of the week last week. Uh, it quickly becomes my best of the week 14 days later. Pheasant. Um, it's funny, actually, last night I did I did a market with Saucy Jack and I did a market without Saucy Jack and then got him $3.50. Why did, you, hang on, why did you do that? I saw the Jerry Cup noms. Oh, okay. Yeah. So and I knew how much Saucy Jack's uh, entrance would change the race. So oh, I did a market with him without. I had him 3 40 
from memory um, with SJ in the race, and I think at him two fifty. Without Saucy Jack, so um, yeah, should uh, should roll to the top. Our idol grabs his back. Uh, it's a good bet. We're going to get our price here as well because mm. there will be some money for Pleto, who I don't think gets the eighteen hundred. Um, there'll be money, some money for Off We Go, who, look, this is a nice class drop, nice choice of race, but I don't think Off We Go really made much more of an impression, enough no, of an thought, impression more yeah. than sort of flash you or fear the wind. Ordinary, yeah. So I don't, I don't think that was enough for me. Miss Marietta, draw and um, draw and weight is all catching up there. That just doesn't look right. Black Shadow, I think, can win. And Black Shadow, um, it, there's no reason he can't win again. But Black Shadow is the biggest danger for mine. Yeah, yep. for me, it's, well, for me, it's our idol. Yep. Was, uh, uh, but... I think our idol will miss Mitchie, but um, yeah, I don't, we don't need to go much further to me, to be honest with you. I think roll forward, big butter boom. There's no pressure now. Um, he should get it nice and easily out and top. Mitchie rides these horses tremendously and um, he just looks your best of the day, BJ. Yeah. What was that? What was Reverend John doing in that race the other day? That was, that was the funny, most bizarre it's, nomination it's funny, and the most actually. bizarre ride. It's it was funny. incredible stuff. It was uh, – well, he's done that most of his starts, Reverend John. I think he had about 14 trials leading into it. So <laughs> they thought he was fit. Try and put, try and put 10 on him and skip away. But, um, yeah, no, it was it was odd watching. It was funny. I was on – I don't think I mentioned it. I was I on Kerman Rock to run a hole yeah. at the five or six bucks. And or it should have too, uh, yeah. Oh, it comes out and runs a hole in a derby yeah. a week later. Jeez. Just, but just you know, felt stiff. If Reverend John wasn't in that race, I don't think Big Butterbone wins. Uh, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah, mm. I'd say so. So, yeah, if you look at that, Big Butterbone's come to town twice. Forget all the Albany runs, mm. um, what happened down there. And uh, first going town, New Rager took off mid race, took it on, yeah. um, which made that win a bit more um, meritorious because it wasn't a strong field that day. Mm. Um, and last week, it wasn't a strong field either, but he had to absorb the pressure then, peel out. And um, Jason Brown, for mine, that was the ride of the day on Black Shadow. Yeah, that was, uh, um, that was Brown at his best, wasn't it? A lot of jockeys just let Lucy out on Kerman Rock there, but Brown, he said, no, nah, nah. you're not, you're not yep. coming out. And Kerman Rock, Probably, probably wins the races. To be. I don't, mm. I don't know if it does or not. But um, that was brown, good old fashioned. Uh, um, that was old fashioned riding. Wasn't riding, it? yeah, so, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Very simply, this goes forward. This leads. This wins. So I've got big butterboom. Two fifty, two sixty. Plato's always hard in the market, BJ. Mm. So I'm not sure if I don't know. It's not impossible. We see better, um, but often when I'm really happy with the price and it's my best, and people are on the same wavelength, um, the horse is naturally supported. So I'm, I'm pretty happy just saying the three twenty off we go. Yeah, pheasant territory, big yeah, butter boom. Definitely, definitely pheasant territory. <laughs> definitely pheasant territory. Yeah, no, very. What uh, about echo effect into uh, big butter boom? Roy Rogers. Bang, oh, bang. It could be a big day for Roy mm. and Mitch. And it? Mitch, yeah. yeah. yeah Mitch has got some good rides. Yeah, yeah it could uh, be a big day for the combo. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. The uh, WSI has produce stakes. The group three over the fourteen hundred meters. Um, interesting part of this race, BJ, for me is the fact that I think the six leaders uh, or the six horses that settled one to six in the uh, carry cattle all aren't here. Mm. Um, well, the majority of them aren't here. Um, on paper, there isn't really any obvious speed horses. Green and Shady Land, the Breeze, Be Optimistic, led last start. Um, Heavenly Waters has led in the past, but um, Featherweight could definitely go forward from 11 and try and be tough off the seven uh, seven day break. Fatal Femme didn't accept, which I thought, I thought was odd. Something might have gone wrong there. I know they drew the car park, but it was winnable for Fatal Femme with some real luck from 15, mm. um, but it could have gone forward too. So look, not a huge amount of speed. The blinkers go off, be optimistic. I can't actually, I haven't spoke to Luke yet, so I can't even comment on what our tactics are. I don't, I don't know what the uh, thought process will be. I presume we'll roll forward and lead if nothing else wants it. Um, but oh, look, very simply, BJ, 
Export man's drawn four. Lee was drawn three. They dominated with um, Pat Scott Sass. But that was a day where if you're on the rail, it was worth a million lengths. Yeah. Um, and I, I was really hoping that we saw an interesting draw here and Hoi An was chucked into a good gate because yeah. it, it would have picked itself, I reckon, just about, even though it was poor in the Karakata. I just forgive those type of runs. Uh, sneaky chance if it accepted. I would have loved to see it draw a gate because I reckon we could have found and made a case for it. But barrier draw, this should be export man versus Lewa. Very simply, felt that Lewa had more excuses. Felt it probably would have won the race if, um, if, if it didn't get that little interference in the straight. There wasn't enough for margin. Um, to suggest differently, but um, I reckon it's a coin flip between the two, and I'm going to go with Lewa, and I reckon you're going to be on the other side of the coin. Coin flip, I marked them exactly the same price, three seventy five. What did you? Three ten, three forty. Three ten, Lewa. Yeah. Okay. Brad, yeah. Brad went up for sixty four seventy, which is the better. What yeah. I'm expect, it's about three twenty at the moment, Lewa. I think what I'm expecting is there will be some surprise money for a for a K May or a featherweight or featherweight, something yeah. of that nature and we will see 380 four bucks late for Lewa um and possibly export man as well so yeah that's what I'm expecting that's what I'm hoping for as well bet, bet fair late export man uh I, to be yeah, on, I think to be honest if they a, both get out to four bucks because he's suspect I, at the start would you be afraid to play sorry would you, you be, would you be afraid to play a sort of three units say they both drift out to four bucks which I think is a a chance of occurring, would yeah. you be afraid to play a three-unit Lewa, one-unit export man? You know, you're just you're chopping in the other. Yeah, or or vice sure. versa, yeah. you'd, go, you'd go the other way around, vice yeah. versa. Like, I think that it's not usually my style of punting, but I think it's a race you've, I've got a fair degree of confidence that they're going to run the Quinella. I think they're both going to be $4 plus. Bet fair. I have to be. I, I think. just can't see. I just can't see where the money comes from. Mm. Would love to see my Fury draw a gate as well. Yeah, that was, was, that, was that was a run, wasn't it? That was absolutely huge. Uh, yeah, the barriers have almost robbed this race of uh, yep. a little bit of interest in a way. Uh, but for me, Export Man and Lewa stand out. Two year olds of the season. They're really, really good horses, and they, um, they're luck on their side, drawing three and four respectively. For me, I think we're both big raps on Featherweight. Um, he made hard work of it the other day, but um, did yeah. a lot wrong, fizzed up before the race. There was a long delay because a horse got loose. Might have had a few excuses there, but Dan Morton, stable. Red Jimmy Hon Hewitt, happy? Happy, yeah, very yeah. happy. Um, uh, I don't think Richie Bell was too happy. Did you hear? Are you? Jeez, no, <laughs> I listened to the race. And how obvious is it what he's on? Yeah, well, obviously. Watch um, watch the replay. Of, love you, um, Richie. Love your work, Richie. He, he was he actually added a completely different uh, layer. It's just so layer to obvious. The Go back to the win. My favourite one is, and I mainly like to talk about this because I was on uh, Purist about a year or two ago. I was watching it with Dane, Mister Hollingworth at the um, at the Greenwood, and um, just the whole way through, it was about two hundred fifty to one. The whole way through, you could just tell in the call that Richie was on Purist. Just it was so so obvious. But there was one at Kalgoorlie last week or the week before. Guarded. I'm not sure who was commentating. Um, I forget his name. Um, but just the way he was talking about it before the race, he basically just said, this is a moral. This is a moral. And, uh, yeah, the call was quite funny <laughs> after that. You don't often hear race callers, uh, yeah, making it that clear what they're on or where their money's at. But I, my guess would be Richie doesn't mind a punt. Sky Actor was quite funny, actually, because um, he was – you could tell that oh, – I could be wrong, but it sounded as if Richie was punting in Sydney as well. And um, <laughs> and Sydney was on like right before Ascot. Like Ascot was like five minutes after Sydney all day. So Richie was like almost calling the features, the Doncaster and a few of the features at uh, the TJ Smith at um, as the uh, as they were going into the gates at Ascot. It was very funny. It was lot, lots of, Sky Active was good for humour last last Saturday with uh, with Richie Bell, but he was um, I think he might have had a little 
Dabble? I looked at, I looked nibble at the uh, Ain't No Other Man um, uh, last Saturday. But anyway, cut a long story short. Featherweight, we both have a lot of time for him. I think he's got to roll forward, make his own luck. Can he go 1,100 to 1,400 in a week? Was it 1,100? 1,200. 11. 11 yeah. to 14 in a week. Working needs forward. to improve as well. There's, there's a few aspects. Me needs to improve his manners. Was uh, but still need to, need to draw a gate. I think. Yeah, I think I still think he's a clear cut third. Third from. Uh, oh, Kamele is my third pick. Yeah, and just just the X factor. We don't know. Just we don't know. That's don't the know. thing. A thousand to fourteen hundred. Not many horses, as you said, um, a fortnight ago. Not many horses win trials on debut or trial debut up up the rails mm. as a two year old and then come out and sprint past horses. So. Um, yeah, I can I can make a case for Kmo being the X Factor horse. We don't know how. The two, the we two, don't know the ceiling. The two map horses for mine are Awesome Rival and Diamond Blue. They're both twenty dollars plus. Awesome Rival screaming out for fourteen hundred meters. Brad Parnham, uh, I think he can run a big race. And I actually thought Diamond Blue was quite good in the Caracatta Plate, and he's run some some really competitive races against some of the better two year olds. So they're both out of the market, but they're going to get the right runs. And uh, could feature, but flip of the coin, export man, Lewa. I'm going export man, and Terry is going Lewa. Okay. Uh, awesome rival's above my price too, actually. Yeah, I think awesome rival gets the right run from there. Uh, can be optimistic win. Uh, I don't think she can win. No. Were you a bit disappointed the other day? Uh, yes. So we, well, I can say what occurred. Luke is uh, fairly sure she had a cold or a little, uh, there was a bit of snot coming out of her nose. She wasn't a healthy, happy horse when she returned to scale. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a healthy, happy punter when she returned to scale either, to be honest with you. Uh, gee, what, halfway through that race, I'd started, uh, thinking about how many frothies I was going to have to celebrate in the afternoon. And then it got, it got even worse. We dig deep later. Jeez. That was hey, a uh, tough day. In um, but I, I reckon if you go back through her runs, I, I think she'll trade 60, 70 to one. And if you can pull, if you can forgive that run, yeah. she then becomes the value runner in the race on a, on a race lacking a real obvious go forward horse. Well, she so. started 360 hard in the market last yeah. start. So yeah. there's SP profile there. Exactly. Uh, size produce stakes though. You want to take me on a trip down memory lane? Dig deep. Accepted, mm. ready to run. He was, he was gonna, he was gonna sew up horse of the year, two year old of the year honors. Would have won by six. And uh, what happened? For, uh, hoof abscess. Hoof. Yeah. And who, who, who won? I can't remember. Didn't snip. No, one. I don't remember. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Edged out. Watch me dance, didn't it? No, no, no. no, no, no specialism. Edged out. Specialism. Specialism, and so I'm in the wrong year with Watch Me Dance. Um, it was, it a, was a tight finish. It was a That's guy. all I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was a very, very tight finish, and um, that was yeah, that was enough to snare tin snip the uh, two hour of the year award, <laughs> which we're not dirty about at all. Anyway, let's move on, BJ. We're uh, we're taking each other on in the size. So I'm uh, I'm Lewa. BJ is X Bought Man. Uh, race number nine, the Salinger handicap, uh, but more commonly referred to as the Get Out Stakes, which is S-T-E-A-K-S, brought to you by Market City Meats, I believe, BJ. Correct, Terry. Actually, one thing that has dropped off here at One One Studios is our steak sandwiches, although we do have a nice yeah. bacon and egg croissant uh, to kickstart the morning. We need to get, uh, we need to, I need to drop in and see Timmy Hewitt and invest in some of that uh, gourmet beef and uh, we can get these steak sandwiches with pineapple, up and running again here at One One Headquarters. So, it is the it is time for the Get Out Steaks. Proudly brought to you by Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located on Bannister Road at the Canning Vale Markets. Timmy Hewitt, 
part owner of Featherweight, very, very good man is Timmy. His team do a terrific job out there at Market City Meets. So when you go in, tell them that you are part of the 1-1 one, one family and uh, Timmy and his team, they'll look after you. That is for sure. Congratulations to last week's episode 71 winner, Tom Wolf. Now, Tom you know is- they did? He wolfed him down, didn't he? <laughs> Tommy. I reckon he's won it a couple of times, actually. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah. Now, Tommy is Steve Wolf's nephew. He is. Tommy's a good lad, actually. He's a good lad. Steve Wolf's nephew, son of Brett. Brett, of course, is a part owner in Export Man and uh, Red Can Man. So, what a time for the wolves. Oh, they're just uh, a pack of wolves. Yeah, they are enjoying themselves, that is for sure. The great game has been very kind to them in recent times. And again, Tommy, Tommy Wolf got the uh, got the job done. He was here as nearest the pin in the Get Out Stakes last Saturday. Big shout out to two uh, friends of the podcast, Chris Nelson and Stevie Armstrong, West Coast Eagles uh, grand final hero, Stevie Armstrong. Chris Nelson and Steve Armstrong, neither of them have won the get out stakes, but both of them have been in beaten photo finishes seven or eight times. Just hard luck stories. Hard luck stories. Yeah. Who did, um, who did Steve Armstrong keep out of that grand final? First emergency or was one of the emergencies? Uh, Mark Lacroix. Very good. Yes. Yeah. One for one. <laughs> so, Tommy. You're this week's mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get. My, I'll write myself out a voucher to the Monday. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah. So, shout out to Chrissy Nelson and Stevie Armstrong. Keep entering, fellas. Your time will come. <laughs> <laughs> I know Chrissy's struggling to sleep at the moment. Bring <laughs> me a big fat steak. Yeah. So, to enter this week's Get Out Steaks. Hit us up at the 1-1 one, one pod on Twitter. Who you think will win race nine at Ascot on Saturday and a decimal winning margin. Two decimal places preferred. Remembering the Sam White rule. Terry? First in, past the post, best dressed. Correct, Mundo. Race nine. I got very little to, to give you here, unfortunately. Uh, this he- is a race in four. But I think Holy Ghost gets too far back, um, which race will make four it really very difficult to win. So I think it's a race in one, probably. Yeah. Um, me and Taz will lead. Billy ain't silly in the breeze. Um, that, that's where it's 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 hard to win from the breeze. It's never easy to win from the breeze. But Billy did that last week after taking some uh, sustaining some pressure. I think Stella Vista Frank that form despite not winning yesterday. Um, standout race didn't go as well last week as we'd have hoped from the breeze. But um, look, I think the danger for Billy here is the fact Amelia's Contreras and Tin Snip will both have probably the little suck just behind it. But um, have uh, a tar- he'll have a target on his back. He certainly will. I actually, I actually think you'll lead. Lucky straight to the front. Well, it was interesting. So you've gone from Lucy's a more defensive rider than Maddie Correct. at times. Yeah. And Lucy just came out the gates last start looking to hand up with me and Taz. Yeah. Just weird, weird, weird. It cost it the race. It would have won the race if she just goes to the top there. Um, yeah, I, th- I found that extremely odd, just not knowing the horse, I think, to some degree. Um, I think Maddie will be instructed to lead. But um, if Lucky's aggressive and gets across me and Taz, you can turn your telly off because it's all over. Yeah. Um, even if it breezes, it, it's probably still capable of winning but um just some risk from the breeze with emilia's contraire um and tin snip getting nice card ups but tin snip for me goes up in weight and this isn't any easier mm. has to carry the extra weight it's just just the horses that he faces so uh billy ain't silly for me but i've marked him 250 the 210 is not going to get me in a million years so um yeah and then i've got the other two six bucks six bucks holy ghost 12 in there all around those marks so it's just there's just not a bit how's, how's my market billy ain't silly 240 mm. Tin Snip, $6. Mm. Amelia's Contreras, $6. Holy Ghost, $12. Is it really? Yeah, 100%. That's, that's genuinely nearly identical. Yeah, 240 So you just add that. I'm, I'm a smidgen keener the on thing Billy. Is, yeah, well, I'm 
if if Amelia's and, and Tin Snip sort of is probably more keen Amelia's and Tin Snip, but if Amelia's if they trade seven fifty, I probably won't play still. Yeah, like I still I think Billy will win, and I'll just um say I'll, I'll be just looking at a two eighty three bucks three. Actually, to be honest, I, I probably won't be looking. Um, unless I'm getting something, well, you crazy were here, you so. were spot on the other day. You warned me to take the take the yes. high threes on offer, Billy Ainsley, when we were recording. Again, I think and you'll I was be firm. I was walking through a shopping center, phone out, and I saw three sixty Betfair or three forty Betfair, and I said that'll do. And just as I went to confirm bet, it vanished. Yep. So I left my three forty up there for a while, and then it just went. Three dollars, two ninety, two eighty, two seventy, two fifty, and just I just yeah. So it was uh, it was it was brutal. I that time I missed that uh, that three forty that was just sitting there, and uh, when I went to confirm, it just evaporated in front of my very eyes. So, Punters love a spruik horse, and he once again he's a very strong data horse. But it was well, late so. too. That yep. was the thing. So yep. I, th- I thought I was just, the bots, oh, the bots. Yeah. Getting a hold of him, but uh, yeah, I think Billy stays firm. Trades two fifty here, I think at best. So probably won't get me at that price from the breeze. But um, to top a race, it's funny. So I've got Billy. What I say, two fifty. If uh, me and Taz comes out and they find a race next week or whatever, um, you know, you probably mark Billy a dollar seventy five. Yeah. And then you start thinking, hang on, we could um, we could have a bet at two forty late on Betfair. But uh, yeah, who knows? If if Billy's trades a dollar ninety Betfair, I might look at Amelia's contrary each way at eleven twelve bucks. And yeah. Who knows? Who knows what happens late on the exchange? But uh, I think Billy will win. Jeez, it took a long time to say that, didn't it? Uh, Billy wins. I think uh, pretty confident. Almost a pheasant. Amelia's uh, Contraire, I agree with Terry. She's my second pick. I thought her last start run was excellent on a day that didn't suit uh, her style of Smile racing. Smile for me, that form yeah. yesterday. And, uh, Bless its little heart. And Glasgow Girl. Um, came out Glasgow and, Girl. Came yeah. out and belted them again last yeah. Saturday. So I like the way that she stuck to her guns. All her sectional splits were there. Chris Parnamon from three Gs. She actually was the first out of the gates. Yeah, she, she can land one one. Yeah, she can. She can just tag Billy it, it everywhere. Just, just, just wonder whether a really uh, genuine fourteen hundred and she's on speedish. How much that t- uh, blunts her closing speed? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's a, that's a factor. I just thought Billy Ain't Silly was there to get beat the other day. Got taken on. Lacta had to let special. Sorry, what's that? What's it called special view? Is it? Yep. Uh, cross. Then had to come back out again into the breeze, and then he attacked again from the, I guess what the 450 mark, put a gap on them, and then kept rolling to the line. That was the win of a uh, potential black type horse for mine. Uh, it was a win of a black type horse for mine. Billy ain't silly. That was that was really impressive, and the money was there. Ticked all the boxes. Uh, rolling along out in front in the get-out stakes, I think I just can't see how they're going to be able to run down Billy Ain't Silly if he turns up in a similar uh, similar fashion to what he did last up. Billy Ain't Silly, I can understand why he is around the even money mark. Hopefully we get a little bit of a reprieve late on the Beckfair Exchange, but regardless, he just uh, he stands well and truly head and shoulders above the rest as the horse to beat. If he doesn't get out to my price, I might just have a crack at the stakes. Yeah, why not? That might be my goal, I think. Can I win him? Is there any any rules or I can't win it? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to read the fine print. Re- read the manual, yeah. 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 But yeah, so that uh, that is the uh, the get out stakes, the Billy Ain't Silly stakes. All right, very very good. All right, now, Mister Ryan, uh, it's time to get into our our best, our value, and our lays. All right, BJ, your lay of the day. Look at that, just mixed it up. Hey, just mixed things up. So lay, I want your lay. Bet fair lay. Yep, straight up, your bet fair lay. Betfair.com.au. Uh, 
Okay, I'm going out on a limb here, and I hate to do this because the uh, some of the part owners are in a WhatsApp punters club chat with me, but uh, I think first up, no trial, top weight, apprentice Victoria Culver on board. I'm going to take oh. on Shantalk. Well, there you go. I didn't see that coming. Uh, there's nothing at too thin a price that no. I, I want to lay today, BJ, but uh, just more to carry on about the fact that um, I've taken this horse on pretty much all prep, apart from the starting one. Um, she won, Plateau? She. Apart from the start, she won Plato. I think she's just a horse that there's just a bit too much of a spook about. There's just she's not quite as good as the market always thinks. So we'll continue to lay her. She's around 440, 480. Um, yeah, I don't think she gets an 1800 meters either. So lay of the day, Plato, your very best of the day, BJ. I think we're aligned here. We are. The pheasant. Big butter boom. Yes, BBB. Yeah, uh, I haven't got a joke. I was trying to come up with something. <laughs> it wasn't coming to me. Yeah, big butter boom. Uh, be a few clearly booms. my best. What was your price? Big be, boom? Uh, what was I? Oh, that's a good question. There'll be a few booms around on yes. Twitter post race. Yeah, there, there'll be a few big butter boom. Yep. Uh, where are we? Three dollars, big butter boom. Yeah, okay. yep, it was with uh, saucy in the race. Yeah. Oh, so what would you just you'd adjust it to two fifty, two sixty? Yeah. So we're pretty aligned there, I'd suggest. So big butter boom gets the job done. Boom. Um, and Maddie, are we aligned here as well? Oh well, we we can we, we go the double we, alignment? We, we we can, but I might throw something out right. extra as well. All but right, yeah. you first. Uh, my. I think that 2100 meter race could be a bit of a trap race. I agree. And so I'm going to go my Maddie for the day. Horse on speed, could run a cheeky race. Just ticked over into Maddie territory. I'm That's $21. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sax on, sax off. Mm. <laughs> no. Well, 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 yesterday. Round no. <laughs> uh, number six, race five, number six, Major Mambo. Hey, Mambo. Major Mambo. Yeah. There you go. I ran third in the. Um Guardy Cup ran thirty one of the cups yeah, last year. Did, did right yeah, yeah, then he all price. That's yeah. how I got the ratings points. Chris yeah. Graham wrote it that day. Uh, echo effect for me. Yeah. Um, disappointed we missed the sixties. Two or some thirty fives there, but I don't think we need to take the thirty fives. You're, you're bitter on that sixty seven. Oh, right? I, I, I just thought no, no one's backing this. No one's mm. looking at this. Surely. Um, but that's okay. It probably trades 80s anyway, so probably doesn't matter. So, uh, Echo effect for me, a more enterprising ride from Mitchie to go forward and, um, yeah, just a bit of cheek, I reckon, for Echo effect. So, anyway. All right, BJ, um, that brings us to the end of episode 72. 72. 72, very the good. The same age as our guest. There you go. Steve Wolf. Yeah, right. Mm. 28 years and he does get that letter from the claim. <laughs> um, we're releasing the full uh, interview with uh, SJ Wolf um, on a separate podcast. Highly recommend listening. The Simon Miller interview got a lot of feedback. Um, I love when we have our guests on. They can talk pretty candidly. As we said, we're not really aligned to anyone in particular. Betfair love it. Um, when we get them on, there's no sort of structure to our interviews as such. It's just let them go, have a chat, talk about your history in the industry, talk about having a punt. Um, it's it's really, really cracking stuff. And that was, I reckon that was probably my favourite interview that we've done in, in 72. Uh, episodes, BJ. So I'll be... He's a, uh, uh, he's a real character of the he, game. He certainly is. I, I pushed you to get him on as well. I had to give you, come on, get him on, get SJ on. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So highly recommend uh, listening to that. Goes for about half an hour. Uh, looks a good day on the punt, difficult day on the punt. But um, there's, there's a few bettable opportunities there. Good luck if you're heading to um, to Jero um, and having a crack in don't, the cup. Don't forget about the uh, the launch of the Black Arts. There'll be Black Arts as well. And yes, don't forget about the launch. I'm, I'm dirty. I can't make it there. That'll be a cracking day. I know Riley Kappa's got his ticket, so he'll be there front and centre, I'm sure. And uh, Benny Black, message me for your Kalgoorlie tip tomorrow once the odds are up. And until next week on the 1-1. One, one.